What's up, everyone? This is your boy, Jeremy John. And I'm Matthew White. And we are the Sports Reality Podcast. Just wanted to say thanks for tuning into this episode. And to let you know that you can listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Just go on any of those podcast platforms and search for the Sports Reality Podcast. Hit the subscribe button so you can be up to date on all of our content. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 131st edition of the Sports Reality. My name is Jeremy John, a.k.a. the fourth greatest Grenadian of all time, a.k.a. the Little Wayne of podcasts, because I will get on any podcast and hit with a J train. I might have to change that because, you know, Little Wayne is under some fire right now for some comments. But anyways, welcome to the 131st edition. We have a guest for today's show. It's my man, Marcellus Bowie. The owner, founder of Legit Stats, Marcellus. Yes, how are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. It's been a long time coming. We've been talking about this. It seems like you know at least a year now. So <laughs> uh, definitely appreciate you having me on and giving me something to do while it's you know Corona season. Man, let, we were talking before we started about coronavirus and and yeah. basically how it's been terrible for the most parts, but. We've both had blessings in disguise uh, or, or certain things, the silver lining. There's been certain things that's been beneficial for us. So I'm glad that things are going well for you. Before we start, let people know where you're from, uh, sports that you've played, sports okay. that you follow, and, and some of your favorite sports teams. Okay. Well, uh, I'm from Sterling, Virginia, uh, born and raised. Uh, I currently live in Washington, D.C., but I grew up in Sterling, Virginia. Uh, lived there my entire life before going to college at Virginia State University. Um, I love sports. I've played basketball, soccer, and football pretty much all growing up. Of course, everybody plays a whole bunch of everything else in the backyard, especially when we were growing up. Uh, play, you know, so I played baseball, you know, all that other stuff in PE. But basketball, football, and soccer are the main three sports that I've always played and always followed. Um, now, with Legit Stats, we also provide stats for hockey, lacrosse, softball, um, field hockey, uh, you know, in addition to basketball, softball, I mean, basketball, soccer, and uh, football. But, um, but, yeah, I follow, you know, pretty much all sports. I haven't followed the NFL as much as I used to. I find that when we were kids, Sports Center was on a lot more, it seems like. Um, <laughs> it was a lot easier to, you know, kind of stay in tune everything. You get, you get to be in the door, you got to pay bills. You're not watching Sports Center for the eighth time at four o'clock. So, but, uh, but but yeah, at the same time, you know, I definitely follow all sports. I try to you know stay as in tune as I can, and uh, and yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm excited to be on the on the pod talking sports with you. We seems like we do this. You know, we're used to doing this every week. I know at Washington at Venice. So, uh, I've definitely been missing it, man. I've definitely been missing it. Talking about Washington at Venice University, who would have thought after the last the senior night basketball games that 
literally like a week and a half later, we're dealing with COVID-19. Man, I tell people all the time, I never would have thought sports would be canceled ever in life. Like I never would think like maybe, maybe a game or two, maybe there's a protest, but not, you know, for games and games and months on end. I mean, that was the craziest thing. I mean, I remember, you know, being at softball games. They're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be senior night. Actually, I was at Howard University. We were, doing a Howard, we were doing a Howard University softball game. So that's also one of our clients. And we're at the game. I think it might have been their second home game of the year. And so they're playing a doubleheader. And we're going into the doubleheader. And they say, oh, yeah, by the way, this is senior night. Can you announce? I'm like, I, I, I do the stats. I, don't, I, don't, I can't do the announcements. I, you know, I was really <laughs> nervous. I'm like, what are you talking about senior night? They're like, oh, yeah, we're canceling the season after the day. I'm like. It's March. This is your second home game. And they're like, yeah, but that's what the conference is going to do. They're canceling all games. So it's it's definitely been a crazy, uh, crazy last few months for everybody. Oh, man. Oh, man. Now, uh, let everyone know, how did you get uh, like what gave you the idea to start the business? Um, So I worked as an intern for Virginia State University starting my sophomore year. So I was working with the radio show. I got introduced to the sports formation director at Virginia State at the time, Jim Juno. And he said, hey, we need interns. And I said, all right, you know, cool. Like, I'll do, I'll do an internship. You know, I don't have anything else going on. I'm just a regular student at school. Uh, from there, I met the graduate assistant. He said, hey, we're going to put you on stats. I was like, I like stats. I got a bunch of basketball cards at home. Sounds okay to me. From there, I just learned how to code and work with a program called Stat Crew. Um, and from there, I started, I obtained a job with Nike in my junior year. I did that for three years working with Nike, the Nike Elite Basketball League, um, known as the EYBO, where a lot of top players come out of. Uh, at that time, Jabari Parker was a major name on the circuit. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Julius Randle, D'Angelo Russell, those were kind of the big names at that time. And I just continued to do that, like I said, for the next four years. And once I graduated and, you know, even that last year, once I was done or last semester, once I was done with college, I just realized, you know, hey, well, it seems like stats and analytics are really blowing up in sports. And why not try to let me get into this as much as I can? Uh, while I still have an opportunity and while it's still very fresh. Um, there weren't a lot of people doing it at the high school and collegiate level. So I felt like that was a niche market that I had an you know, opportunity to attack. Uh, so I moved back home from Petersburg to back home with my mom. And I just started, you know, continued to start building a company. And, you know, just from there, continued to branch out. And so, you know, we got more clients and, you know, more employees, more events and continued to grow across the country. Yo, that's what's up, man. So, uh, to those who are listening right now, let them know the importance of, uh, I guess, internships and, and marketing. How oh, important man. was that for you to get to where you are right now? I mean, it's the reason why I am. It's the reason why I have a career, honestly speaking. I mean, before I had an internship, my grades really weren't that good. Um, I wasn't like I, I was never really a great student. I was never really into school that much. I definitely, you know, I was always, you know, at school and I was, you know, trying to make it to class. And, you know, I was, I was really good at taking tests, but I wasn't necessarily the most attentive student. So I knew that if I didn't have experience in the work field um, that I wanted to get into, it was going to be very tough for me to break into that. So therefore, I just, you know, kind of tried to get as many internships as I could, along with having an internship working for Virginia State. Um, and working for Nike's Elite Youth Basketball League. I also had an internship, like I said, working for a radio station covering the CIAA Roundup when they bring all the coaches together in the preseason and talk about what they're going to do uh, and, you know, where they're going to finish and talk smack to each other. I also had an internship working for the McDonald's All-American Game as an administrative assistant. I also had an internship um, 
working in the actually administrative office as you know with the athletic director while I was working with the SID. So it was almost like I always had a bunch of internships. So once it came time to kind of like establishing my own career, um, it definitely helped me kind of chart my path and you know show that I had experience and kind of the wherewithal to continue you know charting out a you know solid career in you know sports. That's what's up. We're gonna talk a little more later in this episode about okay. uh, legit stats and then other. NBA slash basketball, because uh, you mentioned basketball is one of your forte sports. Uh, We'll talk about that later uh, in this episode, but we'll also get into the NFL recap week eight of the NFL. Everything that's come out of it. Daniel Jones, Javon Wims, the trade deadline, COVID-19, a little bit of NBA news. We'll also get into our sports free zone. We'll talk about. The presidential election what's going on right now for those that are listening we are recording right now it is about 6 50 p.m wednesday november the 4th so we are about 24 hours away uh past when the eastern polls had closed and we still don't know right. who's president yet but we'll talk about <laughs> that later and like i said uh, we'll also wrap it up with more discussion on uh marcellus's business and the nba just want to remind you all to subscribe to the podcast where podcasts are available and that includes apple Podcasts, anchor stitcher spotify tune in we are also on iHeartRadio. i just found out last week i had no oh, idea wow. we were on iHeartRadio. <laughs> so we are on iHeartRadio and other major podcast platforms if you're not sure where you want to follow us or subscribe to us just go on google uh search for the sports reality podcast and pick the podcast path platform of your choice subscribe leave a review uh, pass the word so we could grow and definitely reach more people. Okay. Let's now get into the NFL. Marcellus, usually I ask my co-host this question because uh, he seems to gain as much knowledge while looking at the least amount of sports. He's really good at that. <laughs> Like he can, okay. he can not look at a game, but somehow know literally everything that happened in the game as if he okay, did watch right. the game. So I always ask him this question. Shout out to my boy, Matthew White. How many of these NFL games did you watch this weekend? I saw a bit of one game. I saw a bit of the Ravens game and that's it. Now, I like I said, it, I've, as I've gotten older, I've really become more of a highlights kind of guy. Like, I don't know what happened to my attention span, but... For some reason, I feel like if I see the highlights, I can, you know, kind of get a general feel for the game. The way the way technology is right now, um, especially like NFL.com, they don't just show yeah. highlights. They show like extensive parts about the game that you will never see on ESPN or right. even NFL Network. But on NFL.com, you'll see the ins and outs of the game. So, uh nowadays it is a little easier to follow also i have a little website i could tell you on the slide i ain't pressing the word to nobody i could tell you a little website to watch games uh condensed okay. games also for free oh that's a plus man that's, <laughs> hey you know in this era that we live in man you trying to always cut the bills up so if i have to pay that espn sometimes i might be 
That might be all right. Oh, man. Let's recap the scores for week eight in the NFL. Starting with last Thursday night, the Falcons defeated the Panthers 25 to 17. The Falcons have won six of the last seven games against the Carolina Panthers. The Bills squeaked out a victory over the Patriots 24-21. Cam Newton was playing okay. He was definitely kept the Patriots within the game. However, he had a crucial fumble late in the game that allowed the Bills to seal the victory with the 24-21 victory. The Bengals surprised the Titans 31-20. Giovanna Bernard had two touchdowns in the absence of Joe Mixon. The Raiders defeated the Browns on the road 16-6. A lot of people who are saying Baker Mayfield is better without Odell Beckham Jr., doesn't look so already. Does not right. look so. Uh, Col- I mean, how many quarterbacks would be? Like, that is just, it's not even really logical, honestly. I mean, that's always been the thing with Odell. They said, oh, you know, Eli would be better if Odell's just not on the team. Uh, and then he traded him, and look what happened. Eli continued yeah, right. to struggle, and the, li- and the Giants continued to struggle and got them in a position where they ended up getting Daniel Jones. And now right. you see what's happening with the Browns, where – their offense is literally non-existent. Scored six points against the Raiders. Right. The Raiders don't have, they don't have like a juggernaut when it comes to defense. But anyways, what do what do we know about sports, Marcellus? What do we know? <laughs> I say that every week, man. Every week. Colts uh, defeated the Lions forty-one twenty-one. The Lions lost seven straight home games. That's wild. I didn't realize. I mean, I didn't realize. It's kind of like it's the Lions. So, like when you said it, I was kind of shocked. And then I was like, eh, yeah, I can see it. Like the Alonzo Morning gift. Like, uh. <laughs> oh man, Vikings defeated the Packers at Lambeau Field behind Dalvin Cook's four touchdowns. Uh, to crazy. Third, that was crazy. Third player in franchise history to have four plus touchdowns. I don't remember who one of them was, but do you know who? There's two others. In franchise history. You know that one of them, I think, I think somebody said one of them was O.J. Simpson. No, no. That was close, though, for what you say, though. Okay. It's a moderate Who shot. Oh, Morris. A moderate shot so and O.J. Nice. are best, were best friends. Shot. <laughs> oh, my. One of my friends was like, did you even know a moderate shot was good? And I was like, yeah, bro. Like, how do you think you became a moderate shot? Like... <laughs> People, there's a whole generation that just knows Ahmad Rashad as NBA inside stuff and Michael Jordan's best friend. Man, that was me. That was, I was one of those guys. And I think it might have been maybe like not even too long ago, a few weeks ago, sometimes during Corona. Somebody said, you know what? Ahmad Rashad has really lived. Like he's, you know, Felicia Rashad. He's Michael Jordan's best friend. He played in the league for 10 years. He was an all pro. Uh, he was a first round draft pick. Crazy, crazy, crazy life, man. He was OJ like Simpson's best man. OJ Simpson's best man. That's what made me think of OJ Simpson. <laughs> and, See and, what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and Bill Cosby walked Felicia Rashad down the aisle. <laughs> like, come on, man. I mean, we all want to live the life of my Rashad has lived, yo. <laughs> if, any, if all of us can live the life of my Rashad has lived, then we'll, we'll be all right, man. Ahmad Rashad has been, like, he's been in the mix in sports for literally since, like, probably, what, the 60s? I was supposed to say, that's, that's 60, that's 50 years. <laughs> and not just in the mix, like at the top of the mix. <laughs> like your associations, you you had a great career as an NFL player. You get cool right. with OJ, you're cool with Michael Jordan and all the NBA players from that time. 
You know, we, we saw Ahmad Rashad all over that Last Dance documentary. I'm going to ask you some questions about that documentary, by the way, okay. later all right, yeah. in I'll this episode. Because we actually have not spoken about that. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Okay. Back. So so we, we, will, we will talk about that. Let's get back to the NFL and recap the scores for week eight. The Jets are still the Jets. They are winless. The Chiefs beat them 35 to 9. The Dolphins got their got a uh, debut victory for Tua Taga Viola. Uh, they smacked the Rams 28 to 17. And yes, the score is only a nine point difference, but that defense and special teams had the Rams just disheveled all game. Let's just right. put it like that. Uh, Saints in overtime defeated the Bears 26 to 23. We'll talk about something that happened during this game. The Seahawks defeated the 49ers. 37-27. The Sunday night game, the Eagles defeated my Cowboys 23-9. to We may get into that game because I've already vented already about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Steelers defeated the Ravens 28-24. Yep. Uh, Steelers are 7-0, second time in team history since they've gotten that record. The Broncos, in comeback fashion, defeated the Chargers 31-30. And the Monday night game, Buccaneers defeated the Giants 25-23. to Let's now get to the NFL news. There are several positive COVID-19 uh, tests. We have, um, I think it's, I think it's Kevin Bourne who, who tested positive for the 49ers. The 49ers okay. have closed the facility. However, they do play tomorrow. And hmm. the game is still going on. <laughs> oh man it's, it's crazy some of these some of these teams that just continue to play and they have you know i always wonder what goes into that decision you know you got guys that have thrown on the team you don't know who else has it because it's not you know you haven't really you tested but they could have just gotten it right after the test i mean i don't know it's interesting the fact of you know how they're how they're handling it and then we have uh i think it's aj Dillon of the packers he tested positive uh, and his positive test came immediately after the game against the Vikings. We had wow. Marlon, we've had Marlon Humphrey of the Ravens immediately after the game against the Steelers. Do you yep. think, uh, Marcellus, the NFL season is going to finish on time? Do you think it's going to finish on time? I think it's going to finish on time. I think that that's. I mean, I feel like that that that's what their priority is. Their priority is to finish the season on time. So they're going to finish the season on time. And <laughs> we've kind of seen that the NFL puts their mind to something, you know, with a lot of other issues that have happened, that's what's going to happen. They're kind of going to stick with it. So I don't think that they're going to let this derail the season. I don't think that coming off of the NBA, losing all of that money, which we're going to talk about later, that they want to have any, you know, any kind of similar fate. They want to save as much as they can. So I think that they are going to finish the season on time. Uh, as unfortunate as things, you know, may end up, you know, looking. Let's uh, go on to the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers have had a lot of injuries this year. Yep. You've had uh, Joey Bosa go down. Yep. Is it Solomon Thomas, D Ford, Kevin Bourne now with COVID-19, Jimmy Garoppolo yep. earlier in the year, and now Jimmy Garoppolo again. Yeah, Raheem Mostert go down. Uh, I think it's Matt, not Matt Breda. Uh, Tevin Coleman was injured. Yep. You now have um, George Kittle, who broke his foot this week. He's right. going to be out for eight eight weeks. 
which will put him right at like week 17 possibly to play best case scenario yeah that is the best case scenario i have a question for you marcellus with all these injuries for the 49ers should they get a pass on this season they did make it to the super bowl last year and we always hear about the super bowl hangover for losing team however they have a lot of injuries do they get a pass this season i don't give any team a pass that has injuries that's part of sports. That's part of the game. Your, your goal of your team is to say that, you know, you can have a great second team just like you have a great first team. And that, you know, next man up and all those kind of things in the cherry team. You're a 53-man roster. So, I mean, if you have injuries and you have, you know, things that derail your season, that's just part of sports. Unfortunately, it happens. Um, but at the same time, I mean, maybe they should have worked. They should have worked harder to make sure that they were, I guess, more prepared for the season. Uh, that they didn't, you know, that they wouldn't have, they wouldn't succumb to as many of these injuries. It's a lot of things that you could say that you could give teams a pass for, but I don't think that injuries are ever something that you can say, hey, well, we didn't have this guy, we didn't have that guy. So if, I mean, then you get into a whole if game. I mean, you could say that for so many things. So, hey, you, you didn't have a good season. You had that Super Bowl hangover. Unfortunately, you know, you're not going to be back in the Super Bowl, it looks like this year. Pack it up and try again in 2021. But I'm not giving them a pass or any injuries. All right. Javon Wims, wide receiver of the Chicago Bears, got into a fight with one of the <laughs> New Orleans Saints uh, defensive backs. I can't remember. Was it Coleman uh, Gardner or Gardner Coleman? Or I don't even know. He got two last names. Um, right. Did you see? Did you see what happened with that? All right, so I was actually going to ask you because I did see the actual incident where, you know, he punched him and snatched his chain and Jelani Jenkins came over and jumping on his back and all that kind of stuff. But I'm curious to know, has anybody looked at the plays prior to see, like, what? how did they get to that point? So this is what... It's so funny. Someone on Twitter did a whole thread, which was actually hilarious. It was hilarious, okay. but it also seems plausible. So... Earlier in the game, Javon Wims was um, on the field and he got his mouthpiece taken out. You know, the mouthpiece that you attach to the face mask. Right. So uh, that's what the New Orleans Saints player. He snatched that off and he threw it to the Mm. ground and it was third down and the Bears were about to punt. So he had to. They both went to the sidelines. Bears punt. The Saints had a long drive. And I believe they scored in real time. It took 11 minutes, like real time. Okay. So during that time, he's probably on the sideline stewing. Like, I'm I'm mad that this happened. And mind you, his mouthpiece is on the ground. And it was kind of evident because even Troy Aikman made a comment that, oh, there's a mouthpiece just laying on the the field. So first play, he had the opportunity to line up. He just ran over there and like punched him. He, he no, he pulled hit the mouthpiece off, and then he punched him. Then he punched him again, and then ended up being like a melee. Now you've played football. Right. I've played flag football. Um, okay. So um, as someone who's only played flag football and I've watched football his whole life, I don't mm-hmm. understand the purpose of punching someone with a helmet on 
I feel like the only person that has succeeded at that was Andre Johnson when he did that to Cortland Finnegan. Right, right. <laughs> somehow knocked the helmet off and then was beating him. But what do you got to say about Javon Wims in this? Is it like you understand? Was it like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, bro, you lost it? He ended up being um, ejected and then suspended for two games because of it. Oh, they only gave him two games for that? I mean, I'm shocked they suspended him. It is the NFL. Usually you don't get suspended for fights unless it's like something crazy like Miles Garrett where you bash someone with with right. the helmet over the head. Um, so I'm actually shocked, but yeah, he got two games. What you got to say about Javon Wims? So with Javon Wims, now I'm going to say, now playing football, I had a play something not as, not as egregious, but I know that I was playing in C League. So in, in Sterling, we have a la- we have a league. Um, it's C League, then B League, then A League. Okay. So we play we play C League. So in my second year of C League, my team had won the championship before. Uh, we were playing against the best team, the second best team in the league. We ended up beating them in the championship that year. But during the regular season, I had gotten a fake. I was one of the better players in the league. I'd gotten a fake, so it was kind of like hurt. You know, you, you kind of you know when players like hurt them if you can, especially in a sport like football. Mm-hmm. So I got I taken a fake, carrying out my fake, and this kid, it was like way after the play was over. I was well after the play. Everybody's chasing the ball over here. A linebacker hit me so hard as I'm carrying out my fake. And like, it was like a dirty play. It was like everybody saw it. No one threw a flag. Russ didn't throw a flag. So I'm like, okay, I have a grudge with this guy. I can't even remember his name. Anymore. I was like, I have a grudge with this guy. <laughs> so the rest of the game, I'm looking for him. Like, I, I, this was the third quarter. I am looking for him because I'm trying to knock his block off. So I didn't get a chance to get him that game. I, I was mad. The championship game, didn't get a chance to get him again. So I'm like, man. So the next year, I move up to B-League. I'm in B-League. He's still in C-League because he's a year younger. I think we're the same age. He moved up a year after or something like that. No, he played on the second team. So he played on the second team, first team. Didn't get a chance to hit him that year. So I'm like, ah, dang. I was looking for this guy. The next year, we're playing again. I was looking for him. I didn't get a chance to get a clean hit on him. I tapped him a couple times. I didn't get a chance to get a clean hit on him. So I still have a grudge <laughs> with this guy. So A-League... <laughs> Ellie comes. We're playing. The, we're playing this team. It's the eighth game of the season. I'm like, uh, I cannot wait to find him. Oh, that's what it was. We didn't play them the year before because it was the sniper, so we didn't get a chance to play them. Then. Okay. Yeah. So then the next year it's A League. It's eighth grade. I'm like, yo, I'm going out with a bang. I have got to get him this year. There is a punt. He feels the punt. He didn't wait for a fair catch. I'm like, oh, this is what I've been waiting for for years. And I hit him. So that might have been like maybe the second or third hardest hit of my career, of my entire my entire football life. So I know what it's like to kind of have that just be stewing over something grimy. So <laughs> I didn't know that that's what had happened, but I understand. Now, the fact that you punched him in the helmet is a little bit kind of crazy because, like you said, it seems like there's other ways that you could have handled it other than a punch in the helmet. I mean, especially after you punched him, the guy ate it and he punched him again. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. I mean, crazy. we've seen like, for example, last year, Marlon Humphrey, he choked Odell Beckham Jr. And that seemed to right. be more effective than punching someone in the helmet. <laughs> by, by the way, we don't condone violent wink, wink. Over here. Yeah, no, no, we don't condone violence. <laughs> my, my tweets do not represent you. just sad. <laughs> <laughs> from Washington Adventist University all of the above <laughs> oh man other NFL news uh, Tua Tagovailoa he uh, had his first victory in his debut um, 
played okay. I'll give he played okay. But what would what grade would you give him on his debut? I'll give him a C. I'll give him a C because they did win the game, and I guess that was the point that he could have definitely played worse. He could have lost in the game, mm-hmm. even though that defense played stellar, like you mentioned. So, but at the same time, he could have played worse. Now he didn't play well. I mean, he only had 93 yards. He did throw a touchdown. So maybe I'm a harsh grader. Maybe a C plus is in order. But I definitely don't think that if we're grading him on a professional football scale, that he played um, any type of a you know of a great game, and that we're looking at him saying that he's got so much promise now. Of course, we know his character. We know that you know he probably yeah, he hasn't played football in forever um, in terms of a real game. So um, we understand that he didn't have a preseason, but at the same time, you know he didn't necessarily look like the guy that would have been the first round pick had he have played you know the entire season. I would agree with you. Also, I'll give him a C, solid C, because he did win the game and he right. did not lose the game either. Sometimes you right. could play in a way where you just don't lose the game, but he did like he did all right for them to win. He did enough right. for them to win, especially with the defense, the Dolphins defense and special teams doing what they're doing, what they did. Uh, he did enough, but like you said, I would like to have him complete more passes, maybe get another touchdown in there. Uh he did right. have a turnover, I believe it was a fumble. Um that's the first play. Yes, yes. That's stuff you would like to obviously not have, but they did win the game and they won a game against a very good team. And by the way, it was the Rams with Exactly right. With Aaron Donald on the other I side. Mean, and and that's why I'm saying a C plus is tough to give him for that. But at the same time, like you said, you know, it didn't necessarily look good, but he did play against the Rams. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the best defensive lineman in the league, and they're talking about he's like him like he's one of the all time greats. So I mean, you've got to, you know, give him some credit for that at least. Lamar Jackson of the Ravens. Yep. First half of the game, it was looking good for the Ravens. He did have a turnover on the first drive, but at halftime, they were looking good. 17-7. They ended up yep. losing 28-24. to He had two fumbles and two interceptions in that game. Allowed the Steelers to get back into the game and win the game. Steelers are undefeated. Ravens now have, I believe, three losses, I believe. Yeah, uh, I, I got to look up their record real quick. Um, I have it here. No, two losses. I'm sorry. So they're five. Oh, and they lost to the Chiefs and just the, it was just the Chiefs earlier, right? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So they are losing. So they're five and two. That's the positive right. thing. Right. Their two losses are against the better competition. And you would like exactly. to see them play better against better competition. But uh, Lamar Jackson, he is not playing as well as he was last season. And um, do you think the Ravens are just going to have to live with the way he plays? Or is he just going to have to get better for them to take it to the next level? I think that I think that's a little bit of both. I think that he does have to improve. I mean, you're only in, I believe this is year three for him. So mm-hmm. you do expect some improvement, you know, going into at least year five. I think that typically, especially, you know, in professional sports, you're usually going to peak by around year five. So I would like to think that he will continue to improve. Um, but at the same time, I was thinking about this, you know, when I was looking at the topics a little bit earlier and the fact that, I mean, Brett Favre was a gunslinger. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, Lamar Jackson is, but I'm just saying that Brett Favre turned the ball over quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And they ended up winning a Super Bowl. 
you know, he, he got some MVPs. So if that's what's come, that, that's what comes with it, then maybe that's what comes with it. I think that, you know, Lamar Jackson, the fact that, he, you know, he fumbled a couple of times, he's going to run the ball. I mean, he's, there's going to be some times where he's going to put the ball on the ground because he is going to be a ball carrier more than a lot of other quarterbacks will be. So I think that is something that they are going to have to live with. But with those things that may be negatives come some of those spectacular plays. So he is going to have to improve, but at the same time, they're going to have to understand that this is Lamar Jackson. This is what we have to live with as possibilities for having this, you know, supremely talented quarterback. Now, I do think that they are going to, you know, I think that they're going to be all right in the long run. Though. I think that he's going to improve. And I think that he is the, you know, he's the guy that we all think that he is. He got the MVP for a reason and he is going to, you know, get better. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, 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 you hate to see turnovers anytime, especially, you know, in games where you have a lead and you're playing against a rival team. And these are, you know, we're mentioning the Chiefs and the Steelers. These are teams that, you know, in the AFC as a Ravens team, you're probably going to have to beat one, if not both of these teams to win a Super Bowl, to get to a Super Bowl, not even to win a Super Bowl, just to get to. So you would like to see better performances against those teams. But um, at the same time, I think that everybody has bad games. I think that we're expecting a lot of Lamar because he is young and he did win an MVP in only his second year. But I think that he will improve. Um, but I think that, you know, we do have to give him, you know, continue to give him somewhat of a learning curve against some of these better teams. The Steelers are undefeated for a reason. I believe this is only his fourth loss outside of the Chiefs. Like, if you take away the games okay. against the Chiefs, this is for fourth <laughs> loss of his career. So, I mean, it's a bad game. Quarterbacks have bad right. games. He is not putting up the same numbers as as last year. And I believe that has nothing to do with Okay, let me. I believe some of it is on him, but some of it is on his offensive coordinator, Greg uh, right. Roman, and um, it's looking very eerie, eerily similar to Kyle Allen Kaepernick, because um, Greg Roman was like with Kaepernick when he broke into the league. I remember those first, what was it, three years lit in the, the league, league lit the league up, and then. Is like he hit a wall and then yep. Greg Roman left. And then there were other coaches that came. And then ultimately the protest during the national anthem that kind of ended up, you know, derailing his career. But we were seeing dips in Colin Kaepernick's performance. Not enough to not have a job, by the way. Right. <laughs> just, just, we were seeing dips. And uh, David Carr, former quarterback, former Texans quarterback, and I believe he was with the Giants, he wrote an article on NFL.com, and he had a very interesting point. He said he feels like Greg Roman is also part of the reason for why Lamar Jackson isn't playing as well, because he's trying to keep Lamar Jackson as a pocket quarterback. I believe that. And the stats are showing that he has less rushing attempts this year than than right. the first eight games of last year when you compare the numbers less rushing attempts less rushing yards a lower rushing average per carry and then also his passes not as accurate as compared to last year and david carr said look we understand that lamar jackson came in the league as a heisman trophy winner but passing wasn't what he was really known for but he still right is good enough to pass the ball and he's improved right 
right. he said he said why are they not drawing up more rpos more designed runs more screens and bootlegs they want him just in the pocket and i was on the other side of sports oss 980 last night so check out their podcast the guys on there said the same thing before i even read this article they were like look they're not putting lamar jackson in great positions either they want him strictly to be a back you know in a uh, a pocket quarterback and the reason why he was so good last year is because he could have passed while he was on the run he could do the design runs the rpos and when you try to strip all those stuff away then yes it's going to show his flaws they even mentioned how it was very similar to rg3 his rookie year where kyle shanahan said okay look i know passing isn't what you're really really known for but we could work on these plays and as you progress you should get better and better what ultimately ended up happening with rg3 rg RG3 said, I want to be a pocket quarterback. And they said, all right, well, let's make you a pocket quarterback. And it just wasn't the same. No. Nope. Lamar Jackson has this talent. There's a way to morph his talent and his athleticism and, and improve his passing. And he's has, he has improved. Like, yep. every year he's improved with his passing. Don't let the people say he can't pass the ball. Right. He can pass the ball enough to win a Super Bowl. It's Is it just going to happen? Like, right. that's how I feel. I don't think... Lamar Jackson is a quarterback that will that can't win a Super Bowl. There's a difference between can't win a Super Bowl and won't win a Super Bowl. Good point. Good point. <laughs> there are players that they can win. It's just not everyone's gonna win. <laughs> and, watch Trent Dilfer go to a Super Bowl <laughs> and win. Exactly. Uh so so yeah, so I, I think obviously he has to get better. He had a bad game. I'm not gonna try and excuses bad game but i feel like the coaching staff has to work on it too it's on them too and um i feel like he'll he'll bounce back especially uh later this season he'll bounce back another quarterback that's struggling but has been struggling literally his entire career daniel jones quarterback of the new york giants on monday night football against the buccaneers horrible performance horrible performance but somehow still was in the game because of the giants defense right they were still in the game he had a shot to go and win the game through a touchdown they had to go for a two-point conversion he misses the wide open running back on the flat Deion lewis throws it too late look you you know what play i'm talking about right marcellus yeah i know exactly what you're talking about you've played offense and defense <laughs> What what should have happened on that play? I just, I mean, he should have made the play. <laughs> easy, easy enough. And I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people feel like, you know, oh, he's young. You know, who knows what we're going to get out of Daniel Jones. I feel like we know exactly what he's going to be okay, but he's never going to be great. Um, he maybe he can be a game manager, but he's not going to be a stellar quarterback by, by any means. I, I don't feel. I mean, he may have some big plays here and there, but. I know that, you know, coming out of Duke, you know, everybody talked about, you know, him him working with, I believe, Cut, uh, Cutliff, Cutcliffe, mm-hmm. and, you know, the quarterback grew that he is. And, I mean, I, I think that he is what he is. He's a, he's an okay quarterback. He's not, like I said, he's not going to wow you. Maybe he gets you a, a quarter, I mean, a championship as a game manager, but he's not this, you know, number 10 pick 
or you know, a lot, you know, I guess they don't have the lottery in football, but top 15 guy that a lot of people think that he's going to end up being. I don't, I just don't see it out of him. Even if he does have a good game here and there, I don't think that he's going to necessarily lead teams to uh, playoff victories and to potentially Super Bowl championships. So the NFL is very different compared to the NBA because the amount of rounds and positions. Right. But I have a criteria for how long I stick with my quarterbacks. Okay. If you are coming out of college, expected to be great, and you get drafted in the first round, I'm giving you three to four years to get good. If after that fourth year, I can see you're not playing well, I need to get another quarterback. Daniel Jones does not fall in that category, though. Daniel Mm. Jones was not good in college. (laughs) Like, I understand he played at Duke. I understand the talent isn't as good there compared to other ACC schools. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be drafted in the first round, I need you to win more games just on your strength and ability. Right. And that's the difference with a lot of these great quarterbacks. They can win in spite of how bad their teams are. Or they can win without a perfect team. Right. And I'm not saying he should have been going to the national title with Duke, but when you have the quarterback guru as your head coach, right? you're in the ACC, it's still Duke. Duke has gotten better at football. <laughs> this is not Duke from the 90s. This is They've gotten better. They've put right. out professional players recently. Right. Consistently. <laughs> you, 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 Over these last five years, right. You need to be better. And... I think the biggest mistake for Daniel Jones was being drafted sixth overall. Because now if you're drafted sixth overall, I'm kind of like, yeah, I guess I got to stick with you for four years, but I'm seeing that you're not good. So if it's me, first of all, I wouldn't have drafted him. But let's say I came in to the team as a new front office exec and he was here. I've seen enough of Daniel Jones. I've seen right. enough of the turnovers. They are out of his first 20 games, they are four and sixteen. Now a lot of people I mean, gonna, how much do you need to see? <laughs> exactly. A lot of people are gonna bring up, oh well, what about Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning coming into the NFL was said he was they said he was gonna be great. And he ended up great. Right. Same thing with Troy Aikman. At coming out of UCLA, he was supposed to be great. Right. Yes, he struggled his first year, first two years in the league. But right. the reason why Dallas stuck with him is because they knew he was going to, going to be great. He showed right. in college he had the potential. Daniel Jones hasn't showed he had the potential. Daniel Jones has showed he's had a connection to David Cutcliffe, who has a connection to the Mannings, and Manning <laughs> was on the Giants, and that's their heir apparent. So right. that's how I feel. I think... I don't think he's good. I don't think he's good at all. I've seen enough in 20 games. Also, more importantly, we've seen quarterbacks get a like a shorter lease, leash. Oh my gosh. And not <laughs> and, and, like we see what's happening with Dwayne Haskins. But look at Josh yeah. Rosen if you want to talk about a white guy that's going through the same thing. Josh right, Rosen. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, there's plenty, like you said, there's plenty of guys. That the fact that you came up with those two guys off the top of your head that fast, I mean, there's plenty of quarterbacks that we can think of that get a far shorter leash than Daniel Jones has, especially when you think about the fact that 
they gave him the team. <laughs> they <laughs> said, here you go. Like, we're going to get Eli out of here for you. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much they need to see. And, and what sucks for the Giants, they actually had a very good defensive game plan against the Buccaneers. Very yep. good game plan. Also, Jason Garrett, as an offensive coordinator, is looking phenomenal right now. Yep. He, he is looking like the Jason Garrett from 2007 in, to 2009 before he right. became the head coach of the Cowboys. Innovative right. plays, different formations, getting different guys in different parts of the field, drawing these yep. great plays. And that's actually what kept the offense alive, I believe. I don't even think it's Daniel Jones. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to give him any credit. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm giving credit to everyone else except except Daniel Jones. So for me, he is the reason why they lost that game, and he is the reason why this team is bad. Yes, they've had they have other issues like Saquon is out, right. and, and and other guy. The defense is young, but the defense is okay. Like the They're defense is doing enough to win games. Right. The offensive line is doing enough, especially lately. To win right. games and they're still struggling. Um, so yeah, I think Daniel Jones is a problem. To me, Daniel Jones has to go. And if I'm the Giants with one victory, mm-hmm. we know the Jets are bad. It's hard to go 0 and 16. There's literally only two teams that have done it. Right. <laughs> the the Lions and the and the and the Cleveland Browns. I don't think the Jets are gonna go 0 and, 0 and 16. The Giants should really be thinking about Trevor Lawrence. Oh yeah, without a doubt, <laughs> without a, without a, without question, and, like, they definitely need to be thinking about Trevor. They, they maybe should tank. I'm surprised <laughs> that people are not saying, "Are the Giants tanking?" Like they they should be tanking. Not only it's is, and we saw what uh, Trevor Lawrence said last week. He kind of was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm weighing my options because of the Jets. Right. I might just go back to college next year." and if i'm the giants i'm like look we got okay we got one more win than they do okay i we might win one or two more games but we could trade up like we're gonna be we're gonna still be top five draft pick it's not hard to go from five to one (laughs) and and the thing is like you said you know it's now I, I also agree with it's hard to tank. Now that may be because you know I grew up as an athlete, so I, I grew up like you play to win the game, no matter what. You know, even if I'm playing against Kobe Bryant, I'm trying to I'm trying to beat him. I think I can win because we both can shoot the ball in. Like we're both playing against each other. Like we have equal opportunity to win this game. So I I, I don't I don't know if you know it's it's hard to tank as a player, but at the same time I would definitely be trying if I'm the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> I would be giving it all I got. <laughs> <laughs> trade trade deadline news. Uh, Quan Alexander was traded from the 49ers to the Saints. Uh, Devin King was traded from the Chargers to the Titans. I believe both trades are going to be good for their teams. Quan uh, Alexander is going to add more depth to the linebacking core of the Saints. And uh, the Titans, it seemed like they need a little more help on defense, uh, especially in the secondary. Desmond King was right. just an all-pro, I think, or definitely a Pro Bowl not too long ago. He might have been all-pro. Right. I can't remember. Uh, but they're good additions. Um, this it is seems the... like they're missing something, too, right? Like, the Titans is like, they're kind of, they're up there with the Chiefs and the Steelers and the Ravens, but it's like they're still missing yeah. something. So, hopefully, you know, that can be that thing that makes them competitive. And I think I think it's the defense this year. Last year, yeah. I would have said it's the offense, but this year, it's, it's the defense, I believe. Right. 
This is the part of the show where uh, we talk about the favorite teams of my co-host and I. My co-host is a Vikings fan, so I know he's happy right now with Dalvin Cook going off. Four touchdowns against the Packers. Also, you got to give credit when it's due. Kirk Cousins did not lose the game, so you got to you got to give them credit. Uh, so the Vikings are looking pretty good, and they got a very good matchup coming up this week. We'll talk about that in our pick'em segment. The Dallas Cowboys, though, they lost against the Man. Philadelphia Eagles Sunday night. Right. Ben DiNucci, rookie quarterback from James Madison, just a couple hours from where we are right now. One of the hometown squads. Seventh round pick. Went up against the Eagles. And let me tell you this. To all the (laughs) Cowboys fans that thought that the Cowboys had a chance to win this game because they saw some highlights of Ben DiNucci at James Madison. You all are clowns. (laughs) You all are clowns. There's a reason why he was at James Madison. No knock to James Madison. James Madison is a one is a uh, FCS school. It's not an FBS school. There's a reason why he was there. All right. <laughs> There's a reason why he got drafted in the seventh round. Everyone can't be Tom Brady drafted in the sixth round and be a star. There are yep. usually reasons for why these guys are drafted where they are. And he showed us on Sunday with some of his side passing, sidearm passes, which he didn't do in college because I looked at the <laughs> highlight package too. Didn't do that in college. So to me, that showed he was nervous. Or to me, that showed he didn't know what he was going to do. The fumbles in situations when we needed to score. Two of them happened when you had a chance to score. And the defense actually played well for the Cowboys this week. The defense allowed the Cowboys to be in the game. And there were two opportunities where you fumbled the ball where you could have at least kicked the field goal. And both those opportunities, you, you missed out on six points. And there was a point in the game where if you had those six points, you're actually winning. <laughs> but then you fumbled the ball. <laughs> they run it back. They, the, the last fumble was questionable, but still, hey, you got it. You can't hold the ball. Like, you can't you can't take that sack. I still blame right. you. And then after that, the game was over. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> You all can hear it in my voice. I'm just like I'm. I'm already. I'm done with the Cowboys for the year. We're not making the playoffs. I even said it before Dak got injured. I said missing the playoffs oh, wow. might not be the worst thing because we were already at this point missing Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, um, Joe Looney. We we obviously Travis Frederick retired, and then we know the right. de- we knew the defense was trash. So right. I said missing the playoffs might not be the worst thing for this team. Let's get another year with Mike McCarthy. But now it's just like, I don't know, man. Mike Nolan has to go. <laughs> Mike Nolan has to go. Kellen Moore has to go. And yeah. if this team doesn't get better, Mike McCarthy has to go too. One year and done. Get another coach in here. I'm sorry. Uh, that's tough. Get like, another like- coach in here. He was supposed to be an offensive now- guru. And so, and so the thing is, I feel as if, you know, we just mentioned that, you know, I don't give teams passes for injuries and I don't necessarily think that, you know, I would do anything different for the Cowboys. But at the same time, I, I, I do, for some reason, I, I have faith in Mike McCarthy. 
I didn't necessarily like the way that him and Aaron Rodgers clashed, especially, you know, towards the end of their relationship uh, with him as a, you know, Packers coach. But at the same time, I, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like he could be okay. I just feel like the pieces are just, it just, are just so bad. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, you got Ben, how do you say his name again? Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci. I mean. Who, by the way, he, is the starting is, this week because now Dow, um, Andy Dalton has COVID-19. Oh, wow. So he's starting again. And if you, if, I don't know if you saw what he was saying, but he was like talking a lot. Like he was really like confident in himself. Like talking I'm like, I don't game. know who this guy is. I don't know who this guy is, but he's got some swag. He's got, he's got a lot of heart. I'm excited to see what he does. And he didn't do anything but stink it up. And so, I mean, situations like those, it's tough to, it's tough to win in situations like those. I'm not giving them a pass for being terrible, but at the same time, I don't know if I'll put it all on Mike McCarthy, man. That's, that's tough, yo. That's tough. <laughs> and of course, the Twitter veterans found some old tweets from Ben DiNucci where he was talking about Tony Romo and said how Tony Romo is such so much such trash. Um, he tweeted this in a game, and as a Cowboys fan, I remember this game very vividly. It's oh. 2014. I believe it was week four or week three. It was week three. Cowboys went down 21-0 or actually I don't know if it was 21-0 but we were down by 21 points okay he, he and that's when he tweeted that where he said you know Tony Romo is such trash blah 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 Tony Romo led that team back to a victory it ended up being a very big victory because that was uh the year that we ended up going to the playoffs we got a home playoff game because of a, basically a one game difference so okay. when so when you do bad, you leave yourself open to the Twitter, oh, the man. Twitterverse to find your old tweets and no, humble you. So yeah, man, that's what can I, we? I saw I saw one I saw one meme that showed the uh, Jerry Jones going to be starting at quarterback and it showed Jerry <laughs> with his helmet on on the side. <laughs> I was dying laughing. If it was up was to dying. Jerry, he probably would do something like that. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> Let's now get into our pick'em segment where we pick the winners of this week's games. Uh, The picks are in from my boy Matt, so I'm gonna make these Mm, announcements while we make the picks for the game. Uh, The score going into Week Nine, Matthew and I have a record. We are tied at 77 wins and 42 losses. That's crazy that y'all are tied going yeah, halfway through the season. Halfway through the year. That's crazy. And we are tied. All right. Let's start with the Thursday night game. Packers at 49ers. I'm going with the Packers. Matthew is also going with the Packers. Marcellus, who are you going with? I'm going with the Packers. All right. It's I had I was looking at this game right here on the screen. But, yeah, I'm definitely going with the Packers. I feel like uh, I feel like they're, they're dangerous. I don't know. Something about Aaron Rodgers is – no matter who you got him out there with, it seems like he's going to produce. Uh, Jimmy G, you know, having his problems, uh, you know, his injuries, I just feel like he's he's struggling. So I'm going with the Packers. All right. One o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Giants at Washington. Matthew has Washington football team winning. I have the Giants. Who do you have, Marcellus? I got the football team. All right. Are you a Washington fan? I'm actually... I'm an Eagles fan. Okay, okay. I'm an Eagles fan. Now, I always tell people I'm not really as much of an Eagles fan because I don't really watch as many games. I don't know the players like I used to, but I grew up as an Eagles fan. 
Uh, I, I grew up, my father was a good friend with Brian Westbrook's mom. Ah, so, you know, okay. they were through the cars. Brian, uh, Donovan McNabb was a basketball player that played quarterback, so I liked him. So I grew up as an Eagles fan, so that's what I stick with. Stick to my guns. It's funny because you lived pretty much right down the street from Redskin Park, pretty much. Oh, sorry, Washington Park. You can see the practice facility from my house. If you go on my deck or on my roof, you can like, look across and literally see the practice facility. So <laughs> it's crazy. But they always used to lose to the Eagles. The Eagles used to tear them up when I was a kid. So <laughs> I've always been a fan of the Eagles. All right. Um, Bears at Titans. I am going to go with the Titans. Matthew has the and let me look Matthew did not put this in order he asked the Titans also what about you I'm going with the Titans I feel like uh, that extra cornerback hopefully that gives them a boost so we're going with the Titans this week all right Lions at Vikings who you going with Marcellus I'm going with the Vikings off this uh Dalvin Cook four touchdown performance Matthew is going with the Vikings I'm also going with the Vikings Panthers at Chiefs I'm going with the Chiefs Matthew's going with the Chiefs what about you yeah, I can close my eyes and go with the Chiefs. I don't know. It's a guarantee. <laughs> Texans at Jaguars. Who are you going with? I'm going to go with the Texans on this one. I'm going to roll with the Texans. It is a clean sweep because Matthew and I both are going with the Texans. Ravens at oh, yeah, I like this. Ravens at Colts. I'm going with the Ravens. Matthew is also going with the Ravens. Who are you going with? I'm also going with the Ravens. This All is, right. Get back on track with we, 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 we unanimous on a lot of these picks. Seahawks. Yeah, at, I'm, I'm noticing that. Seahawks at Bills. It is a one o'clock kickoff. I'm going with the Seahawks. Matthew is going with the Bills. Who are you going with, Marcellus? The Bills are tough, but I think the Seahawks, are, they're in a nice rhythm right now. So I'm going with the Seahawks. I'm going with the Seahawks too. Um, Russell Wilson is going to show everyone that Josh Allen should not be in the conversation for MVP anymore. Mm, good point. That's, this is a big game for that, too. <laughs> One of those statement games midway through the season, too. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and Russell doesn't talk trash, but I think he, he, he talks on the field. That's, that's pretty he much does. what he does. Yeah. yeah. He, you can tell by the way that he plays the game with that chip on his shoulder that he, he, he may not talk about it, but it means something to him. Behind Mahomes, is he the the best quarterback, or is he even the best? Some people are saying he's the best. I say behind Mahomes. Uh, I I think Mahomes the what he's doing, what he's done the last three years, honestly, has been too much for us to look past to say that Russell Wilson is better because he's a football player, he's a leader, and all those intangibles. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, but right behind him is Russell Wilson, without a doubt. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, but this season. Russell is the best quarterback this season. That's how I differentiate. He's had the best season. Yeah, I, I will give him that. He's had the best season. If I was picking one today for the win, I'm picking Mahomes. Oh, of course. But as far as who's had the better season, oh, yeah. Russell Wilson's had the better season without a doubt. Broncos at Falcons. Who are you going with, Marcellus? I'm going with the Falcons. I'm going with the Falcons. Matthew is also... Let me look. Who, who did he pick? Ah, he's going with the Falcons also. So clean sweep because I'm going with the Falcons. Who would have thought we hey, believe in the Falcons like all that. of a sudden? They starting to win some games. Four o'clock kickoff Raiders at Chargers. I'm going with the Raiders. Matthew is going with who does he? He is going with the Raiders also. I'm going with the Chargers. I I, I feel like you know it's they're they're kind of miss, they're all, another team that's missing something. But the way Justin Herbert is passing, I think that he's kind of. 
he's getting in a rhythm. So I like I like players that are in a rhythm. So I think I'm going to go with the Chargers this week. I'm gonna break that unanimous that unanimous streak we got going on. All right, the four o'clock kickoff or well, four twenty five Steelers at Cowboys. This should be unanimous. I'm going with the Steelers. <laughs> I'm going with the Steelers. Matthew's going with the Steelers. I hope you choose the Steelers also. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you know that Dave Chappelle episode when he was like, "I'm gonna go." Get, I wish I had more hands. So I can give them titties four thumbs down. <laughs> like I feel like I have more hands. So I can give the Steelers four uh, thumbs down. <laughs> four, That's how I feel. four o'clock kickoff. Dolphins at Cardinals. I'm going with the Cardinals. Uh, Matthew <laughs> is going with the Cardinals also. Uh, who you going with, Marcellus? I'm going with the Cardinals. Kyler Murray is my man. All right, Saints at Buccaneers Sunday Night Football. This is Game Two of their of Game Two of the season between these two teams. Saints at Buccaneers. Who you going with, Marcellus? Bucks. Matthew's going with the Bucks, and so am I. Clean sweep, and to wrap up Week Nine, Monday Night Football, Patriots at Jets. I'm going with the Patriots. Matthew's going with the Patriots. Who you going with? I'm going with the Patriots like the rest of the world. All right, all right. That will wrap it up here for our NFL segment. Let's now get into the NBA. The NBA is proposing a start time, December 22nd, uh, with uh, training camps opening potentially as early as December 2nd. I asked this question last week to my guest, Aaron Smith. So shout out to him. I'm going to ask you the same question. Are you in favor of this rest or not restart? Are you in favor of the start of the 2021 NBA season occurring so soon after the 1920 season wrapped up? No, nah, I feel like it's way too soon. I'm just thinking about, you know, if you end the season, what season ended uh, October. Yep. Um, and then now, you know, you're starting again three months later. Uh, what happens for the preseason? I mean, what happens for? I mean, what is training camp like? Um, I don't know. I just, I just feel like it's such a quick turnaround for a season. I, I'm not a fan. I understand, you know, the uh, the CBA has a big part, you know, big part to play in it. But I just feel like it's too soon. I don't think that it's necessary. I, I feel like we've seen a lockout season where you know there were only 50 games played, and I think that was a great season, honestly. So I don't understand why. You know, we can't have that again. I feel like the owners have lost a lot of money. But at the same time, I think that the product that you put on the floor matters the most. So, I mean, if you put put out a bad product on the floor, then you're still going to lose plenty of money. Um, you're still not going to be able to necessarily pack the stadiums and the arenas out. Um, there's still going to be concerns. And who knows what's going to happen in December once we get through flu season. Are You know, are there going to be more corona cases? I mean, it's too uncertain. I just feel like, the season should start probably maybe beginning of February, late January at the earliest. Yeah, I so it won't be right to not mention this. The last year of the CBA is this season and right. the owners. If the owners and players can't come to an agreement on this season, the owners can vo- pretty much void the CBA or the CBA will be voided, not just the owners. It'll right. be voided and then there'll be a lockout. And obviously the players don't really want to get to a lockout. They want to actually negotiate for the next 
CBA without it ending because then you have more leverage in that way. When you have it end, the owners have leverage. And and right now, look, don't get me wrong. NBA players make a lot of money. Like even bums in the NBA make a lot of money just because of (laughs) the money that comes into the league. But at the end of the day, the players still only make 48% of the basketball revenue. 52 go to owners. There's significantly more players than owners. Also, you can make a case for players like LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Harden and all the stars. You can you can you could make the case that these guys are worth more than what they actually get paid. As crazy as that sounds. Knowing that LeBron James makes $37 million a year, he's actually worth more to your team. We've seen evidence of that oh, happen yeah. with the Cleveland Cavaliers, how after he leaves Cleveland, their value actually drops. He comes <laughs> back, their value skyrockets right. to a team that can that is valuable upwards of $2 billion. This is Cleveland. <laughs> they're Cleveland, right? Exactly. <laughs> Mind you, the Clippers just a couple couple years ago, a few years ago, got sold for two billion dollars. A team right. in LA, you can say it's the Clippers, but it's an LA team. The principle still stands. <laughs> so very, very, far more valuable to your to your organization than thirty seven million. And then when LeBron James left Cleveland, now don't get me wrong, they're still now I think worth one billion now, but. Literally a billion gone because LeBron James is not there. The tourism in Cleveland is gone because LeBron James <laughs> is not there. All the restaurants, and bars, everything around the arena is affected because LeBron James isn't there. So I that's one thing the players are trying to basically fight for. They want a little more. And I, I have no problem. Like they are the labor. They are the they are the product, and you know people may say, "Oh, you're already making millions upon millions." Right. I'm like, "Yeah, but these owners owners are making billions upon billions." <laughs> so, billions upon billions. <laughs> so why not? I always make the case about this with college sports, and I'll be real quick. A scholarship is cool. Don't get me wrong. But when you find right. out that the school is making a profit of millions right then i think i need to get a little bit of that too <laughs> i need to get a little bit of that you appreciate right now so i understand and i'm gonna bring it back to the original point i understand they don't want to lose out on this money right but i guess so it depends if it's me and i'm an nba player i am gonna say look this sucks, but I'm probably going to have to play and right. we're probably going to have to play right away. And I may be a young player, but I need some minute restrictions, especially in the beginning. We going to need some, some off nights. And I think the fans, this is the one year fans need to just be cool with some players having off nights. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. And this is actually probably the best time to do it because it looks like the NBA is trying to avoid an NBA bubble because mm-hmm. they, uh, they're just not trying to do it exact real quick again. You're right. 
So um, they're not going to be fans at some of these arenas. So maybe this is the perfect time to have some nights where someone isn't playing. Good point. <laughs> so, so yeah, but yeah, I, I like your idea too. That was the idea I really loved starting in February. And I mean, then- it just seems like it just it just it just flows the the easiest for the players, for you know us as fans of the game to kind of because now you know you throw them back out there in December, it doesn't the off season you know especially in the NBA more than I think uh, probably every other sport just because of the media attention and how much attention we do pay to. The players, you know, off the court, but I think that the offseason really means something to NBA fans. The fact that when you have that, you know, that whole summer of player movement of what this, you know, what this guy did, where that guy's going, or you know, who's this guy been dating or hanging out with, all, all the the pickup games, all those kind of things, it really gives you a, a, a good feel and for what's coming the next season, and kind of gives you a chance to reset. Oh, they sucked last year, but now we've got a lot of time to kind of reset. From October to December, it's kind of like they just played. I don't, I don't want to watch the Wizards again. I know they suck. Like I know nothing's <laughs> changed in the last two months. Like I don't, I don't want to watch them until February, until the All Star break. I mean, it's it's a lot of those things that go into it that I think that the owners are not necessarily taking into account for. And I understand the money is a huge factor, and I understand that they want to make you know take the leverage because, like you said, these guys are making a lot of money and they want to continue to make a lot of money and they don't want to have the issue of oh maybe we can't. You know, make fifty million. Supermax is not going to be two hundred fifty million. It's going to go down to one ninety eight or something similar mm-hmm. to that. I get that. That makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, I would like to think that the preservation of the the real integrity of the game really is what matters most. And unfortunately, money matters most to these owners, and that's why they're owners, and that's why they have billions of dollars. But if the integrity of the game mattered, you know, mattered more and mattered most, and that was the priority, then they would definitely start in February. Everywhere, and I think that we'd see the best NBA basketball that we've seen in a while if that were the case. All right, that'll wrap it up here for our NBA segment for now. We will talk a little more NBA later in this episode. Let's now get into our quick hitter segment. Lewis Hamilton, my man, the greatest Grenadian of all time. That's why I'm fourth because he is the greatest. I got another victory again. I honestly can't remember what country they were, they were racing in. They they got a, he got another victory, so he's building on his all-time performance already uh but his team also locked up the they call it the constructors cup pretty much like the team owner cup basically it's okay. like nba gm of the year you know you get those right yeah so basically his team got like team of the year and all That's of that impressive. um or the head of the team got like the head g the gm basically award right. Uh, so shout out to him and his team. Always got to give a shout out. I didn't know out. he was Grenadian until today. That's crazy. Bruh, yes, man. Yes, yes, yes. That's my, that's my kin, folks. I'm, I'm going to just tell people that's my cousin until I meet him. Like, <laughs> Grenada's that small. I might have a chance to meet him. I'm going to say the country's not that big, right? So, I get <laughs> so shout out to him. Uh, Justin Turner. I didn't give him a chance to talk about this guy. Justin Turner. Plays for the Los Angeles Dodgers. They won the World Series to them. Congratulations to them and the L.A. Dodgers fans. However, this dude got COVID-19. He was told during the eighth inning of Game 6 they had COVID-19. He had to leave the game. He was quarantined until the very end of the game. where He came out on the field to celebrate with the team. No mask. Was out there doing his thing. Everyone knew he had COVID. They even mentioned right. it, I believe, during the telecast. He had to step out because of COVID-19 and uh, he still was out there. And then 
he has photos where he's kissing his wife after the victory. And I'm just like, so is uh, COVID not, they got the vaccine, like, down in the Man. Major League Baseball bubble? Like, <laughs> Man, I'm telling you. <laughs> so that was just a wild story. So I just wanted to bring that up. What do you think baseball should do? Or should, or is it just, look, the season ain't starting for a while. Let's just let the story die down. What do you think is going to happen? It's, it's, it's crazy because we've seen so many different uh, sports leagues. It seems like you've seen like all three different approaches where you've got the NBA that played in the bubble and, you know, didn't have any any uh, cases. It seems like the MLS did the same thing. Uh, we've got the NFL where we've got, you know, a few over the course, you know, some games have been stopped. Some, you know, players have just had to sit out as they continue to play. And it seems like they're continuing to have a somewhat of a successful season. Uh, we're not hearing about, you know, a, a crazy outbreaks other than it seems like the one at the Titans facility where, you know, a lot of, you know, members of their staff and team really got it. Um, and then we've seen baseball where it's like some, you know, they, they did probably be the most hybrid of the two. Uh, where, you know, now you have players that were in the World Series that were getting it. I, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like they might as well continue to do what they're doing. I heard that viewership was up. I did see that. They said for baseball, which is, I mean, great for them in 2020 when viewership for all other sports was down. So, I mean, I feel like they are, there are some things that they at least have that they can build upon. There are some strengths that they can see from the season that, they can say, all right, well, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. And I think that all leagues can do that and see what did work and didn't work. Like you mentioned, the NBA, you know, playing in December probably won't have a bubble because there's just too much time. Maybe if they would have played from February to May, April uh, or May, June, they might have been able to do a bubble again. But baseball, they have some things to build upon. So I think that they should probably continue to, you know, see what worked for them this past season and, uh, I guess continue to play, you know, play games at you know select sites and as many as they can, as many cities as they can. Yeah, man. There's gonna be a lot to deal with, uh, especially when we'll talk about it a little bit later in our sports free zone, how things outside of sports is going to affect the sports world. So now wrap it up here for our quick hitter segment. Let's now get into our Chump and Champ of the Week segment. Every week we celebrate those that do well and we criticize those that do not. I'm going to start with you, Marcellus. Who is your Champ of the Week? And it could be anyone within the sports world. Doesn't have to, it could be an athlete, it could be a player, front office exec, it could be fans, but someone okay, within the sports okay. world. Um, well, I mean, it's kind of easy to go with Dalvin Cook. I know we've talked about him a bunch of times uh, on the show, but I mean, the fact that he scored four touchdowns, and I think I also saw something about they were the first four possessions of the game. I mean, that's that's kind of crazy that you kind of kick your game off like that. I mean, scoring four touchdowns in a game, scoring one touchdown in a game is commendable, but scoring four in one game is kind of it's kind of crazy. And the fact that they were your first four of the game. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's that's good enough to get champ of the week in a lot of weeks. So he's my champ of the week. You've read my mind because that was my champ of the week also. <laughs> and I know for sure Matthew being a Vikings fan probably would have said the same. So we are unanimous on that. Dalvin Cook is the champ of the week. Let's now get to the fun part. And I know some people will say, why are you saying this is the fun part? It's the fun part to vent about why someone is the chump of the week. But who is the chump of the week? This is tough because I've got two that immediately jump out to my mind. But 
it's being that I'm going first, I feel like I have to pick the most obvious answer to me. And I feel like Javon Wims of the Bears. The fact that, <laughs> first of all, you're not even that good. <laughs> you're not even that good. So you don't have much leeway anyway off the beginning, off the rip. Second of all, then you punch the guy with your fist to his helmet and you don't even look good because you punched him and he looked like, oh, what happened? Like, somebody <laughs> tapped me on the helmet for doing a good job. Like, and then you, you punch him again and he's like, what? Like, and then after that, then his teammate then takes you to the ground. Like, you're not, you're not even, you're not even on top or anything. Like, you didn't come out on top of that situation in any way. So you're automatically the chump of the week. <laughs> My chump of the week, and this is going to be kind of harsh. And usually I don't do this because they are college athletes. Uh, but this specific college athlete is the chump of the week, Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Now, Trevor Lawrence tested positive for COVID-19. Right. In most situations, I would not be criticizing someone for testing positive for COVID-19. I also would not be criticizing someone for testing positive for COVID-19 as a college athlete. Because some of these athletes have no choice but to play. If right. they want to remain on that team, if they want to remain on scholarship, right. they want to get that degree. They unfortunately have to compete in this sport of football because no other sport is playing during the um, fall season. Right. But football is and basketball will be the next sport in the winter. And we wonder why yeah. these sports are playing. But anyways, right. the reason why Trevor Lawrence is the chump of the week for me, though, is because he was the big proponent for trying to get these players. Oh, we got to play. It's the best thing for us, man. We ain't got nothing going on. You know, if we don't have sports, almost like a Ray Lewis thing. If we don't have yep. sports, then crime is going to spike up because we're going to, uh, you know, some of these guys are going to go home and they ain't going to have nothing to do and they're going to get caught <laughs> up. And by the way, I, I, I always bucked at the notion that because there was no football that the kids got to go home now. That didn't make sense to me. Yeah, because the rest of these schools got their students on campus. Why can't the football players stay on campus? Exactly, or stay on there off. It just—it sounded—it sounded good. It was, it was nice <laughs> to say for those for those that those guys. I guess I don't to, know. To me, it sounded that oh y'all are athletes, y'all are employees. So if you're not playing, then you gotta go home. But <laughs> the reason why I have Trevor Lawrence as the chump of the week is. Because he was such a big proponent and he was just like gun ho about we got to get back in there and play. And then this is what happened. You got COVID now. <laughs> like, yeah. You're and, the and one. And it's crazy how that's happened to so many people that we probably all know that felt like, you know, they were big proponents of, you know, this is how things should go. And, you know, then it ends up being that they are the ones that end up, you know, having COVID and having to deal with the, you know, symptoms and repercussions. And it's, it's, it's interesting how, you know, karma works, you know, that way. And mind you, I'm not saying that college sports shouldn't go on, but it shouldn't have started when it started. And like, the way that it started. Exactly. And the way that it started. Um, we we are having the situation where we might be going back to work later this year, yep. maybe early next year, or maybe not at all. And maybe I, not at all. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's still unknown. And, I, and it's unknown because of this. Yeah. Because of the COVID-19 spikes. So yep. we, we don't know. And, and, and for you, and that's another thing. Trevor Lawrence had all the incentive. Like, I mean, he could have sat out and still get drafted number one overall. Yeah. And, and, and that wouldn't have hurt him. 
And I, but I felt like it was uh, almost a near selfish move, though. That oh, I, I got to play something. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's why I have to give a college athlete chump of the week because I don't like to do that to college athletes. But that's understandable. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is my chump of the week. Let's now get into our sports-free zone where we talk about everything outside of sports. And for today, we are just going to talk about United States presidential election. Yesterday was the last day of the election that's when the polls or the, or the normal day the election day hours and um the polls closed at 7 p.m here in the dmv right. some places were eight uh on the east coast but for the most part polls either closed at seven or eight in each time zone right now as we speak joe biden the democratic candidate has the lead over incumbent Donald Trump. Did you see what Donald Trump had to say last night, though, uh, Marcellus? No, I didn't see what he had to say last night, so enlighten me. (laughs) Donald Trump, when he started seeing that things weren't going in his favor, he came out and said he he questioned the legitimacy of the election and said how people were voting... Uh, un, un, unregistered voters were voting and that uh, they were fraud and then ballots were being accepted after the polls had closed and how he's going to sue the state of Pennsylvania in a state that he's winning by the way he's going to sue right. Pennsylvania because he's a little nervous because those mail-in ballots those absentee ballots are still you know coming in um as we speak right now the projection is that joe biden has 253 total electoral votes and donald trump has 213 uh to become president you have to have 270 now there are some states that are still in play according to multiple sources biden has won michigan and wisconsin and it looks like he's going to win Nevada. However, Nevada is not counting any more ballots until tomorrow. <laughs> and this is where the funny business I think could come in. <laughs> Nevada was overwhelmingly in Biden's favor and overwhelmingly in Biden's favor due to the large cities, Reno and Las Vegas. For those okay. that know American geography, Nevada is literally Reno and Las Vegas. <laughs> and Las Vegas. <laughs> there ain't nothing in Nevada. <laughs> so you would think some of these smaller precincts, yes, they may actually come in favor for President Trump, but they're not high numbers. The popular vote is still in favor of Joe Biden. Uh, so it is projected that Nevada will come into play. And based on that projection, and I I do have the CNN map up, Nevada has six electoral votes. Okay. Which would put them at 259. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Arizona has 11. Arizona's still at play. Biden is leading by a total, almost 100,000 total votes. Okay. And eighty-two of the eighty-two percent of the precincts are in. Arizona is also similar to 
Nevada, where right. outside of Phoenix and Scottsdale and uh, Tucson, there ain't nothing really in Arizona. Make, it, makes you think: Are there even a hundred thousand people in those other little <laughs> small towns combined? Like, I don't, I don't know, but so um, Pennsylvania is still in play because of okay. cities like Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and the counties okay. surrounding Philadelphia. Uh, Montgomery okay. County and Delaware County are all in favor of Joe Biden right now. However, Joe Biden is still losing by almost 200,000 votes, but it looks like there's still a large percentage of the Philly and Pittsburgh vote that is um, still trying to come in. And these are all mail-in ballots or absentee ballots that are still coming in because Pennsylvania is one of those states that accepts ballots once it's postmarked by election day. And we know how to, we know how the post office is right now. Yeah, it is two to three days to get, get stuff in. So (laughs) we are still looking at possibly late Thursday or even Friday before we find out about Pennsylvania. However, if Biden wins and I'm saying if because it hasn't happened yet, but the, right. all the projections are pointing to Biden is going to win Nevada and Arizona. It doesn't matter what happens in the other states that are up for grab. That's your 270. Biden will be the president of the United States of America. So that is one thing that's in his favor. Everyone is pretty locked up that this is happening. Now, here's a state. We mentioned Pitt, uh, Pennsylvania because of Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, but two other states are in play. And that's North Carolina and Georgia. North right. Carolina is really close, they're saying, that they're actually probably going to have to count every ballot to really determine who wins. And for those who are okay. wondering, what do you mean they're going to have to count every ballot? Don't they do that all the time? No. If the If the lead is so big for one candidate, and there's not that many absentee and mail-in ballots left, there's no point to count. Right, exactly. Because theoretically, one candidate could have all the votes, and you're still not going to ca- catch up to who's winning. Right, right. But because the vote, the the, uh, the the numbers are so close, they're going to have to count nearly every ballot. Also, Georgia is in play. Now, Georgia's in play because of Atlanta. And right. there is some... Voter suppression that's being alleged in Atlanta. A lot of people are saying their ballots weren't counted. The mail-in and absentee ballots. Yep. And in Georgia, you can contest that when you find out that your ballot isn't recorded or accepted. You have a a certain amount of time that you have to basically contend it and then like vote in person. So they count your vote. And it's basically happening to blacks and Latinos pretty much. And it's a large enough number that can sway the overall vote in Georgia. The the fact that Georgia and North Carolina are actually still in play is a testament to Joe Biden's campaign, to be honest. Oh, yeah. That's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. Because like you said, I mean, there's a lot of states like, you know, like Phoenix and like Nevada. 
that, you know, there's a couple of cities and outside of that, it's really not a whole lot. And Georgia is one of those states where outside of Atlanta, it's not really a whole lot. It's pretty rural. So if you're able to, you know, come out, you know, with Georgia as Joe Biden, you've got to feel happy about your campaign. I mean, even if you do lose, you still got to feel happy that, you know, you really did put forth a lot of effort and, you know, you had some positive results that a lot of Democrats don't have. And here's the thing. Here's what works in favor for the Democrats. Donald Trump has not flipped any state that he lost in 2016. However, Biden flipped Michigan and Wisconsin. Okay. For a total of, I think Wisconsin is 10. Yes, Wisconsin is 10 and Michigan is 16. So he gained 26 electoral college votes compared to 2016 when um, Senator... I'm sorry. Uh, what was um, Hillary Clinton's title? Um, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Right. Um, so for the Democratic Party, it is looking pretty good. And like we said earlier, if Nevada and Arizona, which were already in favor of Biden, if those just play as it's going right now, doesn't matter what happens in Pennsylvania, North Carolina, or Georgia. Now, it is still shocking a little that Joe Biden, who's from Pennsylvania, who's from Scranton, his county did not even go in his favor. But, I mean, the demographics of Pennsylvania outside of the large cities are pretty much conservative, pretty much Republican. Right. Now, Donald Trump, he went on a rant last night and questioned the legitimacy of the election. He is threatening to sue Michigan and uh, Wisconsin. And and so we have to see how that goes. Um, I don't think anything is going to come out of it because we've seen this already and no one's ever won. Like, (laughs) I mean, he he threatens the legitimacy of anything that doesn't go his way. So. I mean, the fact that I didn't know that's what he said and you told me that and I'm like, oh, yeah, I thought he I thought he had said that three weeks ago. Like, I'm not even surprised. I mean, yeah, it's right on. It's right on par for his character. You're right, Marcellus. He did say this several weeks ago that it it was going (laughs) to. And that's why I believe he was in such a rush to get Amy Comey Barnett Barrett in there as the Supreme Court justice, because his plan was always to question the legitimacy from the jump before Election Day. Oh, we, you know, these mail-in ballots aren't really uh, right. There's going to be a lot of fraud. Um, there's going to be a lot of unregistered voters placing uh, ballots in there. And then, obviously, election night, things aren't even close to end. And he's like, yo, I won. I'm declaring yep. my victory. Anything after that is illegitimate. And then, obviously, he's now trying to sue some states. And he's going to try and bring it to the Supreme Court. And even though the Supreme Court is in favor of the conservatives, I don't think they're going to be the ones that say, oh, yeah, by the way, you're right on this, Trump. Yeah, we're going to have to we're going to give you the election. I would be disappointed if that was the case. I mean, uh, of course, you know, we continue to lose, you know, uh, kind of faith in our justice system every day with a lot of the injustices that go on. But true. that would take it to a whole nother level. So I, I hope that it doesn't get that bad. And I just I'm just going to continue to keep my fingers crossed and pray that it doesn't go get any worse than it's already got. Now, last night, were you following the election coverage? I wasn't. My thing is that, you know, when it comes to the election coverage, for me, it's almost like I voted last week. So I'm like, hey, my, my ballot is in. I've done all I can do. 
uh, as far as you know them counting the ballots i'm like they're counting the ballots it's not like i'm watching people you know sign up like, there's one there's another one they're counting the ballots so i'm like you know wake me up when it's time to say this is who the winner is or you know the major things because he's being hemmed up and trying to go oh you know the stage i was all the way everything and it felt like it broke my heart when i found out they had to do the read they wouldn't do a recount and all those kind of things uh i felt the same way when obama ran and you know we were you know up in there you know up in the air for uh, in 2012 and not knowing I me mean, 2008 not knowing what's going to happen and uh i felt the same way when you know last year's race when we're thinking hillary's going to win and we don't know because they're counting and it's impossible to know until the end so I just wait until the end and see how things come out unless I'm talking to someone like yourself when, you know, it's kind of a topic of discussion. I remember four years ago, and as you know, and some of you all know listening, uh, I'm a rideshare driver and I was doing Uber that night and things were looking good. You know, Hillary's winning. Um, some states that you're expecting that Democrat's going to win, you're like, oh, well, those are gimmies, you know, like right. uh, Ohio, oh, we should get that. You know, it's a battleground state, but... uh you know what's his name president obama won those states and and, and, right. then, and then you're like oh michigan and, and wisconsin oh those democrat like let, let's go we got that right. oh, pennsylvania oh well philly and pittsburgh gonna you know get us out of there we'll get that one and then you find out oh hillary didn't even win michigan he didn't she didn't win wisconsin and then it's like now we're really hoping at this point yo pennsylvania you gotta come through on this one and then you lose pennsylvania and you're just and i remember that night driving because i got off of work at at nine o'clock following the coverage while i'm in my car i got xm on so i have cnn and you know the night is beginning what i used to do was i would start driving from nine to about 2 a.m okay then People were joyous. They're like, "Oh man, the first first woman's gonna be president." Da 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 da. Yep. As the I night goes it. on, it's like every person I pick up, their their demeanor is just like not as strong, not as strong. And yeah. I remember when they made the announcement that, "Yo, we're projecting Donald Trump is gonna win," and those rides after <laughs> were very unpleasant for some people. And I remember one dude. It was an Uber pool. And for those that don't know what Uber Pool is, Uber Pool is when uh, basically you pay a cheaper rate, but you have the potential of picking up someone along the way. And you also have the potential of being dropped off, not in front of your location, and you might have to walk a distance. So it was an Uber Pool and I picked up one rider and it was actually two people. Then I picked up a couple and the couple walked in or the woman walked in first. Then the guy walked in and when he walked in, he had a MAGA hat on and he was like, he was like, yo, man, I can't believe it, man. I can't believe it. He won. And everyone else in the car was just like, nah. And even his partner or wife or girlfriend was like, yo, you got to be quiet. Like, like no one's happy in this car right now. And I was wondering about that. You said it was a couple, and I'm like, well, you know, you said everyone in the car was kind of like. So I was like, wow, what a what a memory. He did. He kind of was like, he finally caught it because he's like, oh snap, like, we're in mixed company now. Yeah, right. And uh, I remember, like, as the night went on, and then even um. So I went home. I ended up getting home later because I was like, well, let me. 
let me make sure this joint ain't a farce that he won. Like I actually, right. was, so I got home late. I got home like three, three thirty that night. I even like went to sleep. I woke up and I kind of was like, did anything change since, <laughs> since I went to sleep? And it's nah, this dude is president. And now we look at what happened over the last four years, seeing a rise in domestic terrorism. And I, I actually terrorism, I don't like Just to put period. this. I don't like to put this domestic terrorism and and, and, and uh, foreign terrorism. It's terrorism. It's on the same level. Like it really. To me, it's worse because this is your own country and you're doing stuff like this. Facts. Good point. Not trying to say it's okay if you go somewhere else, but I understand why some people don't bang with America who live outside of America. I don't understand oh, yeah. how white people in America have a problem with how America's being run. <laughs> like, like of all people I'm in America. You. I'm with you 100%. I don't know how white people in America have a problem with how America's being run. So you see all this stuff going on. We, we've seen uh, the immigration issues at the border, how we're focused on one border and not the other border. We're focused on certain people, Latinos, and not, you know, Russians like your wife talking to Donald Trump coming over here and right. and then claiming, well, I did it the right way. And you're talking, to, you're, you're disparaging people who come to this country and then bring others with them and call of it. Uh, what did he? What did he call it? Um, chain migration. You know, we're, yeah, it, like what are, what are these new terms? Like, what, it, and what was America founded on? I mean, it, it's so many of these things, these topics that it's like, and like you said, I mean, we went to war with uh, Islamic and Muslim countries because they were terrorists and we had to free them from the terrorism and all these kind of things. And, you know, yet he condones many people or doesn't, you know, bash many people that do this in his own country. And many, you know, not even just him, but many politicians and just individuals that live here. Don't, you know, don't discredit those people. They say, well, they had a reason to and all these kind of things where it's 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 disappointing to, you know, the, the fact that people will say that that stuff is OK and those kind of actions are all right and that they have you know that they can have some kind of logical base like it's it's just wrong so it's, it's definitely disappointing when you when you see stuff like that happening and people kind of you know saying that they understand we we've seen um i mentioned the immigration we've seen how children are children and parents are being separated at the border to and border and being detained I'm not going to sit here and act like President Obama was perfect with the immigration policy because I do understand right. he made some bad decisions in that. But there were other good decisions that he's made. Uh, we've we've we we've seen um, taxes go up for regular people like you and I. We've seen taxes go up for them, but taxes decrease for the rich. We've seen. Um, more police unions being vocal about blue lives but you know disparaging black lives and killing unarmed black men and women we're just seeing more of it i'm not saying that it's more prevalent i just think we're seeing it more but we're seeing it more because we have a president that has allowed a a, a nation like this we've seen vigilantes you know go places and do the work of the republicans and stuff right. like that remember remember pizzagate 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, so we've had that where someone drove from North Carolina to come to a pizza place in D.C. with armed, uh, basically an arsenal, to basically on a on like a fake cons- on a conspiracy theory and all this, mind you. I haven't even got to 2020 <laughs> where exactly. we almost exactly. went to a war <laughs> January 1st. Remember January 1st? We kind of like, yo, we're about to go to World War Three. And that seems like forever ago. <laughs> that, all that seems like forever ago. Like ice and everything. That that seems like it was like forever. Like a whole other planet. Like it, it, really, it really does. And like you said, a lot of that just goes back to the leadership. Like like you said, yeah, Obama did not make, you know, there's a lot of decisions that he, you know, should have maybe thought about, considered other options or maybe should have chose other, you know, other, other alternatives. But at the same time, socially, you know, which a lot of president is about, especially in this current climate that we're living in, is just the way that you conduct yourself socially and the way that you carry yourself and the way that, you know, Donald Trump carries himself is so, you know, unpresidential that is is disappointing. And then, you know, it's it, it, it kind of spurs on all these people that have hate and that do some of these negative things that continue and to kind of, you know, maybe, you know, maybe if they were thinking they were on the fence about it, they're like, oh, well, I'm going to definitely do it now because, I have him in my corner. You know, look what he's done. Look at the things that he's encouraged. And it's it's unfortunate that it turns, you know, that way, especially when you're looking at the president for guidance and he guides you in the direction of hate. Like that is that is that is crazy and things that you know will make our nation, you know, not that will kind of weaken our nation, honestly, and weaken our constitution. Is I I know I look at it now and I'm like, I remember when I was maybe 10 or 11 and somebody said, You could be anything you want, you can be president. I'm like, you know what? I could be president. That would be tight. If somebody told me now you'd be president, I'm like, nah. <laughs> Even after that. a black president, <laughs> nah. you feel like, nah. <laughs> nah I, don't wanna, I don't want, that's not even a job I want anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, which is, which is disappointing because it should be a prestigious position. It should be a position that any American would be honored to have and uphold and, you know, would do their best at. But now it's gotten to the point where I'm like, nah, it's not even about, you know, the right things anymore. I don't even respect the presidency like I once did. And I mean, I know I tell people all the time, I thought George Bush was the worst president we could ever have. Like, <laughs> I looked at George Bush. <laughs> I was like, man, George Bush got to be the dumbest month. <laughs> and, and now I look at Trump and I'm like, yo, like, I could really be president for real. Like, yeah, man. Like, so, yeah, man. So, with all that being said, I am so far, I am optimistic about the remainder of this election. We will obviously talk more about it next week when it's for sure when we find out who it is but i am optimistic about it and and like i said we discussed all this and we didn't even get the covid yet exactly we didn't you, get you to everything whole, whole sports, sports free show, the show. <laughs> just the to talk about that man and everything that everything crazy that came out of that man so yeah. that will wrap it up here for our sports free zone Let's now get into our discussion. We mentioned earlier how you are the founder and CEO of Legit Stats. Uh, real quick, what was one of the best, I guess, opportunities that have come out because of having Legit Stats? Um, Best opportunities? Well, I know that when I started, I always would tell people, I'm, I'm just on the grind to get out of my mom's house. Like, that's, that was my whole thing. I'm trying to get out of my mom's house. And I think that along with that, it was to kind of, you know, gain legitimacy as an entrepreneur. I think that 
when I was in college and I'm, you know, growing up, I think there were a lot of people that were starting businesses and, you know, had ideas and then didn't necessarily do anything with them. A lot of people would just say that if you start a business, oh, you must be like Tommy, you don't have a job. And <laughs> I wanted to really gain legitimacy as an entrepreneur for my company. And I think that uh, I ended up getting a couple of awards. One was uh, being alumni of the year for Virginia State University, which was, I mean, amazing for me because like I said, I wasn't a good student. Like I, I don't think I had a two, I think I might've, had like a two three GPA two two. It was it was a terrible GPA as far as what people would consider to be you know really good or you know someone that's going to you know kind of both be successful in their life. So the fact that I was able to get alumni of the year that was I mean amazing. Uh, my mom was a, is an alumni of Virginia State University. My father also was an alumni uh, of an HBCU because he went to Virginia Union. So the fact that I was able to be an alumni of the year at an HBCU kind of meant a lot to them and it meant a lot to me for that. Um, and on the backs of that, I was able to be named, um, oh, in Loudon, the Loudon Times Mirrors, 40 Under 40, or Loudon Business Journals, uh, 40 Under 40, which is a part oh. of the Loudon Times Mirror. And I mean, it's like, you know, if anybody has ever been to Loudon or knows anything about Loudon County, uh, it's not a lot of black people. It's not a lot of young <laughs> black people. <laughs> it's not a lot of people that in the world that just have sports stats or analytics businesses. So, uh, and at the time, I was the youngest one on the list. So therefore, it's kind of like for me to be the youngest one on the list, to be a black person representing, I think there were there were only three three black people that were selected in the entire 40. Um, there's only 11 that are at that point. I don't know who has really been selected since that year in 2017, but there had only been 11 black people out of the 400 uh, that were selected in the mm. 10 years that they had it. So it was kind of like, you know, that was a major thing for me. And I think that it really was able to establish, you know, a lot of legitimacy for my business and, you know, for my aptitude as an entrepreneur. So those are probably the two biggest, uh, biggest achievements and opportunities that I've appreciated. Um, in addition to, you know, being able to cover a lot of basketball games, I feel like I've seen a lot of talented players that I'll see, you know, even when they may be, you know, in sixth grade. And then, you know, they may be, there's a guy that I've, I watched him at our all-star game, sixth grade. And he was the first high school sophomore to ever be on the cover of Sports Illustrated magazine. And I can point back and be like, I saw him play. I did his stats. And I'll, you know, I'll go back and look at games. Um, the first All-American camp that we ever did, there was a 6'2 kid there. Um, I barely remember him. His name is Zion Williamson. And now he's, you know, <laughs> after that camp, it was like he broke out to be this crazy YouTube star. And I'm mean, like, I remember doing this camp when nobody knew who he was. There was no media in the gym. He was just a kid, little, you know, 62 kid with an afro. Like, so it's crazy, you know, some of those kind of moments that I'm able to look back on and some of the talented players and some of the environments that I've been in with, you know, players that, you know, end up being, you know, household names just a few years later. And I was there when no one knew who they were. And the fact that I've got their stats to see that, you know, they are good. I know that I looked at that same camp and I would just go back and look at rosters and look at, you know, the stats and who did well. And I'm going through, I'm like, Tyler Harrow. Tyler Harrow was at this camp? I, I don't even remember that he was there. Like, I, I have, I could not tell you. Somebody asked me that he, like, what he looked like. I do not remember seeing him. But he was there. I think he averaged five points for the event. And, I mean, now everybody knows who Tyler Harrow is. He's got a song named after him. But it's moments like that and opportunities like that that I truly appreciate. Wow, that's crazy. That was actually going to be my next question, but you did bring up some notable names. What are some other players that you've seen in the grassroots, I guess, area of basketball, and now they are doing something on the collegiate or even a professional level? Who are some other guys, or women also, because I know you do women's okay. games too. Who are some people where you're just like, yeah, I saw them when they were young, 
and now they're doing their thing uh, on the on a high level. Um, it's interesting because I always forget about them, and I you know saw them just recently. But Lamelo Ball, I saw Lamelo Ball play towards the end of I guess his Spire year. Um, yeah, that was the end of his high school career, and they came to Baltimore. Uh, I, didn't I, those I so, remember. I, was that the one at Towson? At Towson. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, at Towson. I didn't go, but I remember seeing the clips. I'm like, yo, that's Towson's arena. I was, and I was <laughs> like, whatever team they're playing, that's a Baltimore school. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is Lamelo doing playing in, at, at Towson? Like, what, what, how did that get hooked up? That was. I always forget it because it was such a random occurrence. Um, but you know, I got a chance to watch him. There's a couple other players. Kelton Johnson is playing for the Spurs now. Um, I remember seeing Stanley Johnson, Jaleel Okafor when they were big names in high school and D'Angelo Russell, Emmanuel Moutier playing together. Um, I remember when Ben Simmons first came to the States and mm. uh, he was playing his first games uh, with the Nike team for me, Nike uh, Florida team. I can't remember with each one, teach one. So it's a, it's a bunch of guys that I forget, like so Zion Williamson, Tyler Harrow. Uh, it's a bunch of guys that I've seen that I you know always forget about. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I did see him play. Oh, I remember when he had a squeaky voice. There's a kid named Jarius Walker. Um, he's top 10 in the nation right now for rising juniors, or I guess for juniors, the school year is going on right now. And I remember when he was in fifth, sixth grade, he had the squeakiest voice. Like like I said, the, the, the squeakiest voice. Like just one of those high-pitched voices, but he was always the tallest kid. Now he's 6'6", 240 as a junior in high school when he plays at IMG. Oh, and wow. so it's crazy because anytime I see him, I'm like, yo, man, I remember when your voice is like, yeah, I know. Like, you say this every time, bro. But <laughs> it, it, it's cool to kind of build these kind of relationships with players that, you know, are going to one day go on to be professionals and potentially, you know, superstars of sports. Not only just basketball or just, you know, their their game, but just overall sports. It's kind of, you know, I really appreciate kind of getting the chance to build those kind of relationships. Travis Fulham. Uh, I mean, when he was a wide receiver, he's from Ashburn. Yeah, I now, didn't course, know that until this weekend. I was like, wow. <laughs> no, I used to. So one of our first contracts was his high school. And so, like, I remember, you know, playing. I played basketball with Travis Fulham, like, at, at courts just at home, like, just random courts. So to see him playing for the Eagles and being, you know, their best receiver, essentially, is, is, is crazy to me. Because I remember when he was just a football player that didn't have any offers and he went to ODU because I was the best school he could go to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look at him now. So it's, it's very, it's very rewarding. And I appreciate, you know, stories like that and those kind of unique opportunities. Before we move on from this conversation, I do have one last question before we move on to sure. just uh, more of the NBA. What, what do you have to say to young black men and women who are trying to get into the professional basketball and i know your company does more than basketball but but right but, but what would you say to the young black man or woman who's trying to get into the basketball business but not as an athlete how do they get in because obviously you got in with your company yeah. you got in with your internships and and opportunities at school but uh what, what do they have to do to navigate to at least get within these circles it's a couple of things that I've learned uh, in college. And one thing I learned in college from my professor was get ready and stay ready. You, you need to prepare. And the way you prepare is kind of like by looking at what is the field that you want to get into. I got lucky in that as a sophomore in college, I was already, you know, working with sports information directors. And I was in the industry of stats and, you know, which became sports analytics. 
And so I got lucky, but I always kind of, you know, knew that I wanted to get in behind the scenes of sports. Um, Cause I was, when I graduated high school, I was only five one. I took that all the time. I, I wanted to play basketball, but I was only five one when I graduated. I had a growth spurt in college, but I knew that I loved sports and that, you know, I wanted to get involved some kind of way. So I, you know, I just looked for opportunities to kind of just help for free and just to learn and do, you know, I did my research to see what are the jobs. Uh, my father, he went to University of Miami game and he brought me back a program and he showed me, he said, if you look, look at how many jobs are in this program. Look at how many jobs there are in college sports. And I thought about it and I said, oh, well, that kind of helped me narrow it down. Like, wow, I could, you know, kind of work with it, you know, work at a college and I should always be able to have some kind of job because I know something about sports. And from there, you know, like I said, I ended up falling into st uh, statistics. And once I got into st statistics, I was like, well, how can I further, you know, my career path? How can I kind of advance? And I just spoke to people and I get, continued to gain knowledge. I reached out to as many people as I could. Um, and then on the back of that, you know, of course, just getting started and just diving in, uh, I stayed persistent and I stayed consistent. There were a couple of events that I would email them. Uh, they might not email me back and I'll email them again. And then the next week they didn't email me back and I email them again. And, you know, there was a couple of leagues that it was the same way. They might not email me back this season. I'm going to hit them back, you know, next season. I'm going to hit them back again after that because I knew that if I stayed persistent, uh, my service, my, my aptitude and my work ethic was strong enough where that they would have to work with me. They would be fools not to work with me because I could enhance their league or I could enhance their event. And eventually through my reputation or just through me being crazy enough to just continue to hit them up over and over, it would, you know, kind of, they would kind of see that I was that kind of person that would be able to help their league and I was worth uh, giving an opportunity to. So, I, and once I got that opportunity with a lot of those groups, I stayed consistent. So I think that those are the biggest things, you know, get ready and stay ready. Get ready by kind of preparing, researching, and trying to find opportunities for you to get in that field, regardless of how much it's going to pay you. If you're interested in it, get the experience, get the knowledge, um, and build the connections. And then from there, stay stay persistent. Continue to try to gain more opportunities, meet more people. Um, and then, you know, once you do meet those people and you do get these opportunities, don't fall off and do great one time. Do great every time. You know, go above and beyond. Don't, you know, show up early one day, show up early every day. Because from there, only more opportunities will, you know, kind of uh, pop open for you. I know that a lot of people say that racism doesn't exist, that, you know, may not be coming from our backgrounds, but it does. It's just the general nature of humanity. So we do have to work a little harder to get some opportunities. And that's unfortunate, but that's just the reality of the situation. And if we do work harder, we will be afforded some of those same opportunities, but we do have to work harder for them. So continue to work harder, understand that that is the reality of the situation and continue to strive to do your best. And I think that everything will work out for everyone that kind of sticks to those uh, sticks, sticks to that script. Man, wise words. Uh, real quick, before we move on to the NBA stuff, I'm going to humbly brag for you. Actually, I'm not going to hum I'm not going to humbly brag. I'm a brag. Uh, you had the opportunity to do stats for the Washington Wizards, didn't you? I did. Yeah, See, yeah, look, you didn't even mention that part. But you know what's interesting, and I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I always tell the story uh, when it when it comes up, the fact that we ended up having an opportunity, you know, when the Jimmy team first came, it just happened that because of the way that we worked with Howard um, and so many colleges in the area, 
when they were looking for statisticians, they reached out to Howard and they reached out to a couple of other universities. Mm. And all these universities said, oh, by the way, well, if you are looking for somebody that's a freelance, the best one that we've heard about and that we know of is Legit Stats. And there's a guy named Marcellus. Mm. So I became the lead statistician because so many of these different colleges say, yeah, he's the person that we call when we're in need. And if there's a last minute, you know, we need somebody, we call him and his team and they work it out. So I ended up having the opportunity to do that. And I did, you know, multiple games, but it ended up being that it conflicted with the schedule that I had for a lot of our high school events and even some of our WAU games. And uh-huh. I decided to walk away from it because of the fact that I felt as if, you know, it was great to say that I worked in the NBA and all the big lights and being in, you know, being in front of the cameras and people calling and say, hey, we see you on the stage. We see you at the game behind the table and sending videos. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was great. And I appreciated, you know, all the love that came from that. But at the same time, I, I truly appreciate what I'm building and I truly appreciate ownership. And I, I truly think that it's very important for us to set solid examples uh, for people that are coming behind us that I could have just said, oh, forget me, just that. I'm working with the Wizards now. That's that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I, I want the glitz and the glamour, but I feel like it's more important for our community to kind of, you know, show that, you know, I could do this on my own. I don't need to be at a Wizards game. I, I took a lot of time. I, I could make more, you know, doing three college games in a sense, because mm-hmm. you may have five college games. And instead of just being the statistician for the Wizards, I'm the owner of all of these games. And there's residual income that comes from that. And I feel like that's an important lesson to be able to share. Um, and I'm lucky that I was able to see a number of black business owners, whether it was my orthodontist, whether it was the lady that did my mom's hair, whether it was the person that. Uh, ran the radio station that my father had a great relationship with and, you know, was lifelong friends with. I was able to see a lot of, you know, black entrepreneurs and black business owners that uh, I take a lot of pride in the position and the opportunity that I have more so than just being able to say that I work in the NBA. But it, it was definitely a great experience. And without it, I wouldn't be able to take the pride in my own company that I've been able to kind of, you know, achieve and obtain. So it, it, it definitely was great. But uh, I always say I appreciate the ownership. And what I've done with just stats, even more so than you know, reaching those heights. Definitely, definitely. I, I remember when um we I think WAU had a game and the Wizards had a game. Yep. And the assumption was, well, Marcellus ain't gonna be here, it's gonna be someone else. And then you walk through the door, and I'm like, What you doing? <laughs> and I remember you telling me, you're like, Man, I just love this more. I just love this more. And I say, you know what? That's what's up. <laughs> I really, I really, I truly mean that. And the thing is, I'm very big on supporting those that support you. And sometimes we can all be ambitious, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, I've been, I've been a little, you know, not a little too ambitious, but I've made some mistakes as things go on and I'm trying to reach the greatest heights. And I just turned 30 last month. So I'm like, yo, I'm getting, I'm getting old. I got to hurry up and achieve this before I get to be this age and that age and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's almost like, you know, I wouldn't have, I would have never gotten there without WAU, mm-hmm. like without a doubt. I would have never gone to, I wouldn't be here living where I live. It's a lot of things I wouldn't achieve without WAU. And I, I like being able to go to games and enjoy rapping with you. Like, uh, I don't know if you know, you know what I mean? But that, that's a major part of just enjoying your job and enjoying life. So I, I truly, I truly appreciate, you know, being able to go to some of those games and let my hair down and still be professional at the same time, but be in that environment. I, I, I remember when I first came, Jared and Pat both told me, you know, this is a family environment. You know, that's how we operate here. And I'm like, I, I understand. I came with a suit on that day. It was like, man, I was like 80 something, 90 degrees outside. <laughs> I had, if you ask Jared to this day, I'm sure he remembers. I came with a suit on and I'm like, y'all making an impression. This is my first college contract. I was sweating bullets down there in their office. But 
I, I, I they, you know, they said, yeah, that's, this was going to be. And I'm like, man, I'm neutral. I'm a statistician. I'm not here to be, you know, on anybody's side. I'm here to provide the best service. And maybe game three, I'm sitting there for the soccer games. Like, man, come on, Wahoo. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, what am I doing? Like, so I, I truly appreciate the opportunity to kind of, you know, be at those games to, I've become a fan just as much as I'm providing service. I've become a fan, and and I would do it all over again. I would I would not go to that Wizards game, and I'll come back to another Washington Evidence game over and over. And like I said, that's one of the reasons why I decided not to stick with the organization and to kind of continue doing and charting this path I'm charting. So I I appreciate you. People don't understand how much fun we have at these games. I know that they find like, what are they? Why are they smiling over here on the sideline? But I truly, truly, truly appreciate what I do. Uh, not only because it's watching sports, but I get to kick with people like you all the time. And we have some of the funniest conversations for four hours on some of those nights <laughs> when I've been to many games where they were not fun. So uh, I definitely appreciate you. I appreciate everybody at WAU that, you know, makes those games enjoyable. And uh, they always put on a good show for us. Hey, man. I, 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 like to, I appreciate them to the max. They, I, they've done so much for my career. I greatly appreciate it because, yeah, those games, I mean, sitting at the table with you and Charlie and uh, we've had, uh, what's her name, Cassandra and, yep. um, you know, the, the, the regular crew that comes through. You know, we have Chris, the trainer, who, by yep, the way, yep. was in the bubble because of his work. My man was in the bubble in July. <laughs> From July, came back, you know, literally when the finals ended or was about to end. Yeah, man. So it's like fun being there, man. So I greatly appreciate it. Let's actually get into some NBA talk. We are going okay. a long way, but the conversation is good. So I do not mind staying longer to talk about this. I mentioned you, earlier the Last Dance documentary. What did yep. you, what did you, did you like um, it, number one? And okay. and I, uh, and then uh, from scale one to ten, what do you rate it as for ten being the highest? Oh, ten. He's ten without a doubt. <laughs> ten without a doubt. It, it was it was now the fact that there was ten episodes that were each hour long and they were came out, you know, two at a time, you know, week it, it made it easy to kind of give it a ten, but at the same time, I, I couldn't imagine giving it anything other than a ten. Um I feel like it covered all of the basic info. It, it gave you a lot of details that you didn't even know that I had no clue about with Jordan or the Bulls or a lot of, you know, things in between a lot of the background info about other players. Um, and it kind of just showed the greatness of what he achieved. And I mean, I, I don't know. It's, I can't, I can't say enough about it. And it, it kind of was awesome to see that in light of, you know, so many other, I guess, players saying that they are Jordan or they've achieved this or they've achieved that. It, it just, I don't know, it just it just really put a lot of it in perspective for you, especially for it being that, you know, in the 90s, you know, I'm, I'm nine years old, I'm 10 years old, I can't even really objectively really view the game the way that I would have needed to to really appreciate Jordan as much as I should have. So on that on that note alone, it was a 10 for me. But the fact that it gave me so much info about even, even other players within the league, like it made you, I think it should have made people respect even Charles Barkley even mm-hmm. more. I mean, and a lot of other players that played in the era of Jordan. So that we may not have given, you know, as much credit to because there was no social media. So uh, I give it, I give it a 10 and I hope there are more that come out like it for other players. I'm glad you brought that up about yeah. the other players that were brought up during the documentary, uh, the opposing players, because yeah, we know about the Celtics. We know about the Lakers. We know about the Pistons. 
but teams like the Pacers, the 98 Pacers, where they legitimately had Jordan those bulls on the ropes. Like, Jordan didn't go to Game 7s in his reign. Right. When he was winning titles, there were never Game 7s except that series. Yep. <laughs> you know? And that's, that's something that is, like, really impressive. Like, Reggie Miller wasn't considered ever the best in the game, but was still good enough to give Jordan fits. You had Jalen Rose, who was young and was playing really well. Mark Jackson, who was old at the time, and yet he's still like in the playoffs playing as one of the best point guards. Yep. Chris Mullen, Rick Smith. People people talk so bad about like Rick Smith because he's not Shaq and he's not David <laughs> Robinson and he's not Patrick Ewing, but Rick Smith was really good too. <laughs> really good player, man. Really good player. Like and like you said, there's a lot of those guys that people now have no clue who they are. Like, I, I remember thinking, you know, I remember when uh, Reggie Miller was jumping around on the spring ankle, you know, in a circle and being like, you know, seven years old. And it didn't hit me how major of a situation that was uh-huh. until now I'm 30. And I'm like, yo, that's crazy. That like, game four, he hit he that three. Like, yeah, that game four. And he after he hit that three and they took that lead, it was like, no, we're here to play. Like, You're right. Th- right. Y'all just not about to end the series right now. We are here to play. And it ended up going seven games. And even into that, it was until the fourth quarter of game seven where the Bulls finally got control of that game. Um, right. LeBron James wins his fourth title. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as they won, a lot of GOAT conversation came up. Um, I always ask people this and I might have had I didn't tell you about this so I'm going to ask you and if you can rank them in order that's fine if oh, not you. oh oh you got the rankings what's the top five I got five? the rankings for you what's I don't top... know if you want to ask me but I promise you I'll give you exactly what I think what top five thought? greatest NBA players of all time top five greatest players of NBA time okay I'm going to go okay so all right. First, a little bit of background. The reason I'm uh, when I my rankings when I go greatest, uh, I mix it in with talent and and I guess I, I'm going to go talent and I guess your career, what you did in your career. Uh huh. So I'm going to go with Jordan number one. I go with I'm going with it's tough. It's tough. I'm going with Jordan number one. I'm going with Kobe number two. I'm going with Kareem number three, Wilt number four. I see you. Sh- <laughs> who, who, that, that, that pause makes me think you're someone you don't want to put number five, but go ahead. <laughs> Tough to put LeBron at number five, man. Because <laughs> 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 it was, I knew it was LeBron. That's who you were like. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough to put. It's tough to put LeBron at number five, but I, I'll put him at number. I'll put him at him, man. I, I, I really don't like it because my my thing with LeBron that I've said for so many years. I'm not. I'm not Skip Bayless with it, but I feel like to the common athlete. 
or, or to, to today's athlete because of media. And we're so quick to try to clown something and try to say this is the best and is this the toughest ever and is this the greatest ever for everything that since LeBron has come into the league, he's been kind of looked at as that instead of him saying, instead of us saying, oh, well, this is what he's done. Now let's put him here. This is what he's done. Now let's put him here. I, didn't th- I don't think that we did that for Kobe. I, don't, I think that the goalpost has moved a little bit as far as the way that we judge athletes in terms of if you look like you've poten- you have potential, we're giving you so much more so much earlier. And because of the way that sports is, I feel like the sports should be so much more results-based. And it's not that way anymore. Jordan was averaging 37, 38, 39, and we were still like, but can he win? Is he really that good? I don't know. I mean, he can score, but so what? Like, he's averaging 35, 36. Like, <laughs> and we're looking at him like, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know what he really can do. Like, he still loses. Like, he's a loser. But I feel like when it was LeBron, he's averaging 30. Oh, he's the second coming. It's no, he, we're going to just wait until he gets it, but he's going to get it. And it's like, no, let's wait until he gets it first. So it makes it really tough for me to really analyze his career. I feel like people aren't really truly objective. I think that there's a lot of marketing that's went into his career that makes people less objective than they should be. But at the same time, I do think that he's in that top five over Magic. Um, it's, it's tough. And I, I tomorrow I can wake up and I'd be like, why did I say that? Or, or, or <laughs> Someone's gonna be like, "Yo, I, I know you ain't just say that. You gonna get a text?" Because <laughs> everybody knows how I feel about LeBron. I'm very vocal, <laughs> and I'm very, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very like about it in the in the Twitter in the Twitterverse. Like, oh, yeah, I'm not a LeBron fan. He didn't earn it, like. But at the same time, I think that if you look at the package of what he's done, the longevity, and the talent, and the player, the, the production that he truly has had. It, it does. It does rank up there with the with the Kareem's and the Michaels and the Kobe's. I don't think that he's not there yet. He's not there yet. He it's, it's, it's more to do. And I don't. Maybe he not. He might. He might not ever be able to get there. Honestly speaking, he may not ever be able to eclipse what they've done. Because Wilt, it's hard for me to put Wilt behind Kareem. Because I mean, Wilt. To me, to me, when we're talking greatest player, I say Jordan. If we're talking best player, I don't. I, don't, I think it's Wilt, and it's not even close. I think it's Wilt and Kobe and Mike. That's how I would reckon if we're talking best players. Um, but if we're talking about greatest and mixing the talent with the achievements, uh, I, stand, I stand by my list. So I'll say this. Uh, I'm not going to comment on my list because Matthew and I are working on our 2.0 of the 50 greatest basketball players. Ooh. All I will say. I got to watch that one. All I will Ooh, say is this. All I'll say is this. Some people have moved up. Some people have moved down. Current players okay. have moved up. Some current players have moved down. Some ex players, some former players got into the list. Some former players dropped out. That's all I'm going to okay. say. But when it comes to just the conversation of is it Jordan or LeBron, to me, it's kind of irresponsible because it negates Kareem Wilt, Bill yeah, Russell, exactly. Exactly. Shaq, Tim Duncan, Kobe. <sighs> Larry Bird. I didn't mention Shaq. (laughs) Like it knocks all like, why are we not? Okay. So that's the thing. But if let's say that's the conversation, LeBron or LeBron or Jordan. All I'm going to say is this. LeBron is about to go into year 18. And by the way, he is still the best player in the league. So let me give him credit for that. Has been the best player since probably year I would say 
what year was that? So that was 2009, about year five, year six. Probably the best player in the game. Kobe won his titles, but LeBron right after became the best player of the game. And he's been the best player for so long. So I got to give him credit for that. That puts him really high on the list. Just simply that he's won four titles that puts him high. But I just can't understand how you could be. I'm not going to even say four for six. Ultimately, you're four, four, four. You've won titles four times if you lost 13 times. Right. Jordan won six times in 13 seasons with, with the Bulls. Right. Okay, you want to add the Wizards? He's won six times in 15 years with the Bulls. <laughs> I'm right. sorry. That, the, <laughs> and then you then you combine the scoring titles, defensive players of the year, the MVPs, right. and everything. Y'all just gonna still have to wait and see what I have to say where I have the map. But, <laughs> but if, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I can't. I can't so are you gonna do them in order? Too? Yeah, like we're gonna do them in order. We're gonna go from fifty to one. We did this actually two years ago, the first one. Okay. And then we uh, said we were gonna do one this year, but then COVID happened. Okay. The bubble. Because I said, look, this year is gonna change my ranking with lebron james without a doubt like it's gonna change and he proved one or lost true one or lost it was gonna yeah. change like and he won so obviously there's gonna be an improvement but it's how 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 many spots is he going up that's yeah. that's that's where i'm at when it comes to to lebron james man um man man we could go on for a long time. We're going to have to bring you for a part two to talk about more basketball because I got more questions to go. So we're going to have to have a part two with Marcellus. Uh, that'll wrap it up here for our NBA discussion. Before we get out of here, man, this is a great episode, man. I've had so much fun uh, talking to you. This is actually the first time that we've spoken outside of text messages and Twitter. Back. Since COVID, so it's great <laughs> to have actual dialogue. Marcellus, before you go, I need you to plug everywhere where anyone can find you, not just social media. I need you to plug okay. your business and anything else, and I'll let you end with the final word. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I appreciate the opportunity, first off, for having me on. Like you said, this is our first time actually getting a chance to rap outside of, you know, being at the games because seems like at the games we see each other it's like yo you see what happened last week y'all saw you on the podcast so <laughs> so so it's good to get a chance to you know actually come on but uh you can find out more about it actually the actual company at legit www.legitstats.com uh l-e-g-i-t-s-t-a-t-s.com uh you can find us on instagram at legit stats uh twitter at legit sports stats and you can find me on twitter at the legit ceo so um, I try to keep it entertaining talk about a lot of sports and everything else going on. So that's the probably the easiest way to find me is uh, on Twitter. So I appreciate the time. Uh, you'll probably see us at a bunch of events and, you know, to wrap up 2020 and 2021 looks like it's going to be hectic. So uh, I'm sure you'll see me just that's uh, around around the sports scene and DMV and uh, across the country. Yeah. If you have any local sports, go to the scores table, figure out, Who's there? You're more like you're going to have some you're going to go to a game at some point where someone is going to be working 
that oh, works yeah. for legit stats. So just <laughs> go over there, and you may actually run into Marcellus himself. Uh, so yeah, what's man. Up. Please, please, say what's <laughs> up. I like that. I, I like I like a good conversation at all times. That's what's up, man. I want to thank you for coming on for sure, man. I want to give a shout out to Other Side of Sports, OSS980, where Harold, D, Jeff, and Aaron. I was on their episode last yesterday, so make sure you check it out. Uh shout out to Soggy Nacho, Shut Your Face, uh, What You Expect Podcast, Fourth and Thirteen with J Bobby and Rios. Uh, also, um, shout out to my boy Tillman, Sean, um, Aaron, who was on last week, Big Thad, uh, our faithful listeners, uh, Tony, Clay, LJ, Warren, Leslie, Minor, James, Mike. I got a whole bunch of people. The WAU hey, crew. Listeners, that's dope. <laughs> the WAU crew. You know, hopefully we hey. get this season going. Because I am trying to at least come back and see some good basketball. I'm trying to see them play against Howard. That's what I'm trying uh, to see, Mocker Maker. That's what I'm trying to see. Man, <laughs> we need that game this year. <laughs> I'm trying to see that game, man. Thank you once again, uh, Marcellus, for coming on here. Uh, and until next time, everyone, Sports Reality. Peace. <laughs>